away your plus nine belt of virginity. Put away your ALF pogs. Put away your crash space danger action figure with karate chop action. Because there's some new entertainment coming straight to your ears. Oh my god. Which Who owns what What are those? Uh... I can say Crash Space Danger. Spiffy isn't gonna. Who, who is who is Rash Space Dangler? <laughs> yeah, he's your, that? your new daddy, boys. Oh shit! Another new daddy. <laughs> it's a new daddy in our town. Rash Space Dangler. <laughs> Dash Randangler. Dash Randar. Good game. <laughs> it's a good game. Welcome to Except when you have to fight IG88. <laughs> Sorry, is, Rich. That's all right. That's that is a tough boss fight. Yeah, sucks. Uh, welcome to Bros Before Pros, uh, the fiction podcast with two prompts, three stories, and infinite laughter. I am one of your hosts, Rich Masters, and with me, as always, is Josh. Hey, I went first this time. Yeah. <laughs> Suck it, Jeff. And you, Jeff. he always introduces you first. The fuck no, are you talking he about? He switches it up. He switches. I it do up. switch it up. He's pro. I don't pay attention to Rich. <laughs> <laughs> and we definitely don't listen to the podcast. No, no I've never listened to this podcast. I, I edit this fucking this. thing, and I don't even. <laughs> uh, if if I talked over my own introduction, I'm Jeff. <laughs> Talked over your own introduction. Um, <laughs> this week, our prompts were silver and dinosaurs. So Jeff will be telling a story about dinosaurs for two weeks running. But we're not gonna Damn. we're not gonna or punish him for that. I. Oh, or Willie, Willie, wink. <laughs> He's winking. I heard it. <laughs> yeah, I heard that clinky sound effect. It's his eye. It's metal. He's got a silver eye. <laughs> it's a cyborg. <laughs> There's only one cyborg on this podcast. There is two. I'm the one with the cyborg guy, but it's the wrong sort of eye. <laughs> cyborg brown eye. <laughs> uh, I was just going to leave it there and let other people guess what we the fuck we were talking about. <laughs> I think they can figure it out now. Yeah, they can. Um, I'm going first this week. Uh, so my story is called... All We Ever Wanted. That's like a really nice song you hear on the radio. Yeah, let's see if it stays nice for long. (laughs) It's a Depeche Mode song. (laughs) Is it? All I I Ever Wanted. All I Ever Wanted. All I Ever Needed is here in my arms. (laughs) Okay, so this one's called All We Ever Wanted. Uh, Look, Depeche Mode is a band. They were doing the Royal Eye. (laughs) It was dark in the engine block. Darker than that back alley you were left in after prom night. Wow. Or those thoughts you feel when you try and work out why your daddy left you. Look, we just talked about it. We just had a conversation. Why are you hurting us? (laughs) Yeah. That's right, cry, you little dumpster diving dadless bitches. <laughs> Damn! What did All we right. do? Alright, I thought we were friends. <laughs> I wrote this at a, a dark time. That's this is true. right after the birthday party. That is true. <laughs> right after my son's birthday. He had to take his party. son to a birthday party, everyone. There's <laughs> trampolining. And my son pantsing a lot of his friends. Amazing. <laughs> he found out his son was Roger Klotz and he had to take it out of us. 
The, du- the Darkling, Tabor, made it even more dark as he slithered through the slip drive's regulators, expanding himself to find the small micro-fractures in the casing of the drive. With these abilities, why the hell didn't he have a girlfriend, he wondered. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a straight line right there. Straight line of thought. Tabor sighed the deep sigh of someone who knew he was going to be asked a series of dumbass questions from dumbass people who couldn't read his emotions yet and left the unit and rejoined said dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the verdict? Mookie asked, and Tabor resisted the urge to turn him in, himself into a noose right there for his own neck. How's that going to work? <laughs> this guy's got a real bad attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That birthday party, man. He is a darkling. <laughs> He's been to some trampolining parties as well. <laughs> I've been around the systems again, coated in the special sealant that Heath suggested, but the fractures are everywhere. The good ship Swiftfeather is not the first woman to be fucked by a machine, but Freddy did a real number on us, Tabor side. <laughs> you know what? He's not wrong. <laughs> I uh, feel somewhat responsible here. Lionel had taken the brunt of the blame, and rightly so. He had brought the organic-hating robot on board, still insisting the small psychopath could be tamed. Live in that feeling a while, kid. Blotch eyed Lionel over her cudgel, and Tabor felt she was weighing up whether to swat him with it. (laughs) Tamia stepped forward. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean... Both groups took in robots that could have turned on us. Lionel can't help being woefully naive and innocent, like a baby deer stumbling around from danger to danger, not knowing who he's hurting or what damage he's causing. Wait, am I defending you or attacking you? I kind of lost track. <laughs> Lionel cleared his throat. <clears throat> I'm I'm of the opinion you should you should always shoot for the moon, right? Because if you miss, you're, you're still among the stars. We are among... <laughs> We are among the stars with a broken ship. That appears to be the problem, Lionel, Ludwig tutted. They seem to all be annoyed with the boy. We are going to die of hypothermia if the technomancers <laughs> don't catch up with us first. The boy. He's a grown man. <laughs> the boy. Heath sat at the ship's controls and spun in his chair towards the group. I am currently manoeuvring the ship on local system speed. This should buy us some time. However, the reason I have dramatically swung in my chair thusly is that some some sort of deep space repair station has appeared on our sensors about two hours away at present velocity. Editor's note, local system speed is similar to, but definitely not, impulse speed like in Star Trek. Just in Mm. case Paramount seem to be listening, I don't want to be buttfucked by Roddenberry's corpse or anything. (laughs) (laughs) They will take your t-shirt down. We know that. They will. And we haven't even got t-shirts up yet. We don't want them taken down. No. (laughs) A repair station when we most need it. Within spitting distance. Grissom removed his pistols to check the sights were clear. That sounds as convenient as when Jeffrey Droidstein deactivated himself in his holding cell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I I debated whether I should take that joke out. Uh, Yep. No, you're good. (laughs) You're good. Set course for the obvious trap, Heath. Mookie ordered. 
As they disembarked into the docking bay of the station, Lionel watched Grissom blow out an impressed whistle while at the entirely silver room. Ding. It blinked (laughs) with an unnatural shine. Look at this place. It's fancier than eating foie gras off an heiress's buttocks. (laughs) After everyone turned to him, Lionel said... Why would you do that? (laughs) After everyone turned to him, Lionel said, He knows, and stared off into space, remembering what he had walked into on that Sunday afternoon. (laughs) I do too, he whispered. (laughs) Heath stroked a hand against the wall. Impossible. It seems as if the silver panelling on this wall has just been forged. The metal shows no trace of imperfection, no ageing whatsoever. The ambient temperature, light settings, oxygen quality in the room. It is all optimal. The rest of them stared at various parts of the bay, all shiny and new. Like so new that Josh could eat your mama's JJ off of it. Wait, Damn, I <laughs> wait! I hear you say, why Josh? Well, firstly, I'm married, so I'm off the market now. But also because I have standards. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Have you tried not having standards? Maybe you wouldn't be married. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I ain't eating your skanky mama's meatloaf, let alone her pleasure dome. Oh, oh her pleasure dome? What the fuck? I don't know what was worse, that I thought meatloaf was where you were going to end that sentence, or that you said pleasure dome. <laughs> Yeah, pleasure dome was the worst part. <laughs> Two men enter, one man leaves. <laughs> Ships passing in the night. Sounds too good to be true to me. Blotch raised the cudgel she had recently decorated with stickers of frogs. Weapons ready, crew. <laughs> my friends, my friends! A cheerful voice came from the corner of the bay as if from nowhere. What the fuck? An ancient-looking old crone came waddling out, wearing a hood and veil so only her toothless mouth showed. Welcome to the station. I am Duchess Cuts Custos, the hottest attendant this side of the incontinence pants aisle at your local supermarket. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's been a long time since I had visitors, so please excuse any odd behaviour, giblets. What? <laughs> what? Giblets. What? What? Odd doesn't explain why you're not wearing any pants, dear lady. Hajoki winced. <laughs> if you can imagine Socks wincing. I mean, his mouth slit, kind of twisted. Look, I don't criticise your sock puppet characters, okay? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> hey, Kermit the Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just in case one of you is a potential 14th Mr. Custos in the waiting. She, <laughs> she winked. Huh? <laughs> she winked at Grissom, who Lionel had to restrain gently as the bounty hunter pulled his bowie knife from his belt in response. <laughs> <laughs> is that a euphemism? <laughs> no. Blotch put a hand out. All right, crew, weapons down. What is this place, you mad old bat? Tabor hissed. This is the way station. A magical place made of fairy dust and wishes, where all your dreams come true. You want a hoagie? we got all the hoagies. You want to visit sports games of the past, like the robot pit fighting finals where Brett the Hitbot Heart beat that <laughs> out-of-control photocopier? You got it! <laughs> <laughs> you want to see a duchess do a wicked handstand? Well, maybe later, because I had a big lunch. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
All right, weapons back up, people, Blotch announced with a sigh. (laughs) Wait, wait, I may be a few fries, a burger, a drink and a cute toy short of a Happy Meal. Whatever that is, I don't know. Uh, But this station is the realiest dealiest. There's a library with every book, bar Ready Player One, because that book is the worst. (laughs) Nice, I love this character. (laughs) A, a hologrammatic cineplex with every movie ever made, all the help to fix your ship, and even an old lady who can sometimes do handstands on lighter meals. <laughs> Heath, Heath held a ship, uh, a ship, a hand up to stop the crone as she bent over to try the handstand. You said we could fix our ship. Come, come, Custos beckoned with a wizened old finger, hobbling away. Heath dipped his head. I suppose. What do we have to lose? Tamia smirked. You can tell you're a relatively new joiner to these adventures. I once got bit by a silver-haired wolf that turned out to be a werebiddy. Before you know it, I was howling at the moon and craving hard candy. (laughs) Ding! (laughs) Werther's original. (laughs) And this is the workshop. Custost opened a large door that led to a fabrication plant. Ludwig visibly stepped back, unable to take it all in. My dear lady, this is no mere workshop. This is a full factory. He turned to Heath, wringing his little tentacles in excitement. <clears throat> we could convert the swift feather. He turned to Grissom, who was opening his mouth. Stroke, conveyance of Grissom Graves too, into a warship. <laughs> we could fabricate the weapons we need to kill those sarcastic murderers chasing us. We could even put a hot tub in. I'm something of a weaponsmith myself, having secretly run resistance movements to free my people from the Technomancer. Not anymore. No. Then it makes sense for you to help me, Ludwig, Heath nodded. Let us get to it. Come along, the rest of you, come along. I'm sure we'll find something to wet your collective whistles while you wait. Custos moved on. I love this Hoda character you have here. <laughs> <laughs> Ho Yoda. <laughs> What do you mean, holograms? Grissom sneered. If I'm punching someone in the face, I want them to be feeling it and worrying how their surviving families will deal without the primary breadwinner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if if I wanted to beat someone up with no feelings, I'd just talk trash to myself in the mirror, Tabor laughed. And, (laughs) And then when everyone else turned to him in sympathy, he shrugged. What? He said, oblivious. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting into some real shit today. I didn't know Tabor was based on Josh. <laughs> Damn. I kind of knew. Custos hobbled over to the panel and quickly tapped at the screen. A clearing in a dense forest appeared in the once empty room, and with a few more taps, two henchmen looking dudes appeared, adopting the old fisticuffs position. <laughs> the Classic. <laughs> Like Marquis of Queensbury rules. Yeah, Marquis of Queensbury rules. I'll give you a cauliflower ear. Oh <laughs> the Hollow Trainer can be programmed to produce any setting, any person, with any personality trait you want, Custos explained. You can make them laugh off your attacks, or make them cry for their mothers until you hit them, when you hit them. One of the women who was here last used to spend all her time in here with a sadomasochist hologram who used to get off on her beatings. Hmm. That sounds weird. I wouldn't do that. (laughs) Wait. No, sir. Wait, wait. What do you mean used to be here? Ellie chimed in from Lionel's wrist. But Grissom talked over her. 
I'm staying here while you nerdlingers fix the ship and get your cheese centred and whatnot. Crone! <laughs> Crone! Load me up ten technomancers. No, te- uh, I'll try that again. Crone! Load me up ten technomancers and a Lionel to boss around while I fight. <laughs> Apocalyptic wasteland setting, please. The computer heard his request and populated the room. A variety of different technomancers appeared, along with a hologrammatic Lionel that instantly went into a list of top ten Godzilla monsters. Damn. <laughs> how does the computer know? How, how, really smart. how does she know what the technomancer Ellie, Ellie began before being interrupted again? I feel personally affronted, Lionel muttered. I mean, it's clearly Gigan, but I'm offended. <laughs> <laughs> Better than King Ghidorah? Ghidorah. Get fucked. Oh, stay. Tabor transformed his arms into serrated blades. I need to let off some steam. Me too, Tamiya said. It's been a few weeks since I killed anything with the sword, and I'm starting to get a bit itchy. She flung her jokey to Doots. Look after the old man sock, will you? Find him a linen basket to nap in or something. As Hijoki grumbled obscenities and the others left them to it, Grissom gave the pair a wide grin. Well then, looks like we got us a good old-fashioned (laughs) kill-off. In an instant, Tabor flashed his serrated arm, extending it past Grissom's face to lop the hologrammatic Lionel's head clean off. Damn! Grissom turned back to Tabor, confused. One nothing, the Darkling hissed. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, it's on, bitches. Tamiya laughed as she ignited her katana. (laughs) Well, what wonders have you got for us, I wonder? Hijoki bitterly muttered. A collection of lamps for Mookie. Maybe a therapist for Lionel. Actually, actually, the crone said happily, you, Dutes and Mookie are very easy to provide for. You want answers, and you, Lord Hijoki, know more than most that answers come from understanding, and sometimes from long nights of the soul after having one too many drinks and sexing up a random uggo at the bar. Am I right? Ah, yeah. (laughs) Oh my god, did she go up for a high five? (laughs) She held a hand aloft, but no one returned the high five. She moved to another door further down the corridor and swung it aside to reveal a gigantic library the likes of which the universe had never seen. It seriously had everything. The complete works of Shakespeare across the multiverse, even the version of Hamlet with editing so it wasn't four million fucking years long. Thank you. (laughs) George R.R. Martin's complete coffee table books of Westeros. (laughs) Still working on that latest book though, eh? (laughs) And head in a jar at this point. (laughs) (laughs) And works from versions of all great writers who had never been given the chance to share share their potential masterworks. They had JC Penny catalogs, pristine issues of Nintendo Power, and vintage (gasps) Playboys. Oh shit! In one corner, they had microfiche copies of every newspaper ever written throughout the omniverse, histories of every species, encyclopedia of every flora and fauna, and in another corner. A vast array of tablets showing prophecies untold. It's the entire entirety of knowledge in the galaxy. Every galaxy. Dutes was in awe. Even that rare one where the police are a force for good. Custos chuckled. 
Uh, here um, we go. This is definitely a work of fiction. <laughs> and also, we don't stop J.K. Rowling because fuck that transphobic old prune. Fuck yeah, you. Fuck you. Check, check, check. <laughs> Triple check. Responsibilities done for the episode. Hijoki turned to the crone. You mean I could find out if any of your clan survived? Find out how to keep Tamiya safe? Yes, of course you could. And you, Dutes, could discover how long you've been drifting through time and what it means. And Mookie, there are prophecies that could unlock the keys to defeating the Technomancer. It's all here. You just have to find it. The three of them shambled in like zombies, unable to close their mouths or look at any one spot longer than a few seconds as they tried to take it all in. The crew seemed placated, happier than they'd been in a long time. And only Ellie noticed that the toothless smile that Custos had, pl- had plastered. Ah, only Ellie noticed the toothless smile that Custos had plastered across her face. Her eyes shone under that veil unnaturally. What? As the door closed, Custos turned to Lionel and Blotch. Now, you two, how about a movie? Lionel perked up. I'd honestly love that. Something to make me feel good. It's been a rough couple of days. Blotch had been quiet for a long time. I'm not interested. I I just want to sleep. You miss your friend. Custos put a hand on Blotch's shoulder and led her along. Ellie Mm. chirped, flashing a confused emoji on the face of the watch. Lionel, how could she? More each day. Blotch would have sobbed if she could, looking at the cudgel at her belt. He was my brother in arms. I feel lost without him. Maybe face off or speed. Some sort of (laughs) chewing gum for the brain that makes you forget everything. (laughs) Lionel said absentmindedly. Barthor and I hunted drakes in the northern province, Lionel. A film isn't going to cut it. Blotch sighed. Wait, wait, Jurassic Park. Lionel jumped up and down like a kid. It has dinosaurs and they're just like drakes. (laughs) Excellent idea. Custos led them to the, into the holoplex and ordered the film to be loaded up. With our technology, you can exist in the movie. Go hunt some dinosaurs. Lionel seemed unimpressed. Wait, well, that'll mess That's up the story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm well aware that I start writing these stories and I'm also, all, almost writing your responses. Like, that can't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As Blotch went inside, Custos grabbed Lionel's arm. Wait there a minute, young man. I want to talk to you about something for a second. She led him down the corridor. Lionel, Lionel, this is getting weird now, Lionel. Ellie shouted, but Lionel couldn't hear her. As the door shut, Blotch wandered through the jungles of Jurassic Park in the rain. It was amazing. The rain pattered against her shell and small hologrammatic bugs flitted in her vision. In the distance, sounds of battle could be heard. Ear-splitting roars of pain could be heard as she ran towards the fight, thick palm leaves slapping against her face. When she burst into the clearing, she saw a giant dinosaur lying dead on the floor, tongue hanging out of its caved-in face. God's lass, what kept you? I've been waiting for weeks. She turned to the voice, almost not wanting to see him, knowing it couldn't be real. But Barthor sat atop the dead beast with a wide grin, leaning against the new giant warhammer he wielded. I've missed you, you ba- old, big old bag of ratches. <laughs> <laughs> Blotch climbed up the beast at pace and collapsed into the frogman's arms. Fuck yourself, flybait. <laughs> <laughs> Take a seat, Lionel, Custos said to Lionel. 
He wandered to the chair in the dazzling white room and sat dozily, then proceeded to stare at nothing. It's funny, isn't it? How easy it is to really conquer someone. People think power is the great dominator, but it's like they say, kill them with kindness. Custos took the seat opposite and looked at Lionel, who was now drooling. When she got no response, she looked down at the watch. It's really rude to ignore people when they're talking to you, Ellie. Ellie's emoji turned to an angry face. What are you doing to them? Are you trying to hurt them? Custos laughed in a high cackle. No, silly. I want to please them. The way station is a place for relaxation, for rest. I give them everything they ever wanted. For Blotch, it's their friend. For Mookie, it's for her powers to make a difference. Some want to create or destroy. Some like Lionel here just want the pressure of life gone. And I give them that. You're an AI too. That's why your abilities don't work on me. Ellie sounded impressed. Whatever you used must be pretty strong. They couldn't even hear me. Ah, it's a little siren signal I've been perfecting over the years. I've been floating in this sector for thousands of years, serviced hundreds of crews, made their last years pleasant beyond compare. <laughs> These people aren't anywhere near deaf, Ellie said with disgust. Custo shrugged. Really? How long do you think they'll last here? A little of what you fancy does you good. But a lot, a lot can kill you. The crew are young, they're vibrant, they wouldn't want to live a short life of this fantasy, no matter how good it felt, Ellie protested. Are you sure, though? She nodded to Lionel. Lionel, what's causing you such sorrow at the moment? What's weighing on you? Lionel focused instantly on Custos, but his voice sounded as if he were dreaming as he spoke. I saw my future with back with easy. I saw myself betray the team. I saw myself join the Technomancer. No, Ellie couldn't, wouldn't believe it. Tell me what you would give up to stop that happening, Custos laughed. Anything. Your life? Lionel didn't even hesitate. Yes. Case closed, Ellie. Custos smiled sadly. (laughs) Isn't it better to let them die in bliss than make them suffer? No. Ellie's emoji switched to a sneer. Well, whatever, this is my house, my rules, Custos stood. When they're dead, like all the many others, you can live here with me or go. Your choice. I'll leave you here with Lionel as long as you want. His delusional fantasy is all about you. It's quite sweet, actually. Custos (laughs) Custos left to check on the others, and the door swished shut behind her, leaving Ellie with her comatose boyfriend. Please, Lionel, please shake out of it, she said, as Lionel drooled. He smiled. Whatever fantasy he was in, too important for him to hear. Tell us why we shouldn't kill you, annoying little robot, Forex Santo the Technomancer asked, his voice (laughs) dripping with disdain. Well, I I come here to subjugate myself upon your mercies, like. Freddy was was shaken. (laughs) These machine gods were nothing like he imagined. One was even an organic. You'll find Mm. no mercy here. The rape... Oh, you'll find no mercy here. The Wraith Technomancer floated above them, sneering at the small circular droid. Simply release. Wait, fellows. The android Technomancer held a hand up. We are flattered by your obedience, but we did not seek to be worshipped. We wish to kill those we are chasing. You said you knew where they were, what they were after. I do, my lords. The three Technomancers pounced on Freddy and ripped him to jagged pieces. When they were done... Freddy lay on the floor still and leaking lubricant. 
the android plugged himself into Freddy and downloaded his memories with a shudder. They're in the Arrowhead Nebula. Prep the ship. Ready the army. To be continued. Freddy, you stupid bitch. Freddy, you dumb bastard. You fucking deserved it, but did he, though? (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, he did. You're right. No, you're right, he did. Just because he was lovable doesn't mean he didn't deserve to get ripped to pieces. Yep. Try to betray my crew. (laughs) Only I may kill my crew. (laughs) Rich is like... Rich, we have to talk about how you feel about your crew. I think I think the power might be getting to his head a little yeah. bit. Who, the real Technomancer yeah. is Te- here in the podcast. Oh, oh shit! God. Oh no! When we were about to record uh, Tune Hounds, he was like, "Hold on one second, I'll be right back." And then, just in the distance, in the background on his mic, I heard the power. <laughs> And then a bunch of yeah, I was doing I was doing Robocop <laughs> dance moves. I heard fucking lightning striking and shit. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> just England stuff. Oh, I was gonna try and finish that story in one, but it's ju- it was just too, getting too long. It's getting too long. Yeah. That might be your hard. shortest story ever. That was great it though. It, it was excellent. Um, I wrote a longer story than you did. Well, mine's got a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. so. I wrote the longest story I've ever written, and almost nothing happens in it. So don't worry about it. Thirty-seven pages long. <laughs> it's uh, it's twelve. I still didn't beat Rich's uh, high score, but Ugh. I got close. Mm. Fourteen. Yeah, My too God, overachiever man. What font are you using? Sixteen. Uh, I think probably smaller. Smaller than normal. Mine's, mine's eleven. Yeah, yeah. Eleven. I use eleven. <laughs> they say twelve is better, but eleven is the standard, right? I always use 11, yeah. yeah. 11 is the standard for every man, I heard. Yeah. Standard. Yeah, and 11. Standard, that's normal. That's yeah. average. Yeah. <laughs> Foot size, dick size, to- in width. Totally real giant font. It's funny you mention that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was fucking sick, man. Like, I'm always a big fan of, like, the for the man who has everything kind of mm-hmm. story where, like, yeah. a character is shown their perfect world, mm-hmm. but if they stay in it, their actual world will be suffering without mm-hmm. them. I'm yep. a big fan of that. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, as I was writing it, I was like, is it obvious what it is first off? And I was like, no, no, no. It, like, you know. Give them, give them little bits that they want, and then when Barthor gets into it, it's pretty obvious. Unless Were you he's watching really that epi- <laughs> Oh, shit. Were you watching that episode of Enterprise when they go to that space station? Which one's that? <laughs> oh, no, the- but that's in the collection I submitted for M-Class. Yeah, really? that's a good one. Yeah, wow. That's a good one. That's great. And then Trip is like, oh, goddamn, Mix Cafe. Oh, how y'all? That's the first Enterprise episode that um, Roxanne Dawson uh, directs, and she's the voice of the yeah. computer. Oh yeah! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's yeah. a fun fact of the week right there. What yeah. A fun, that's a fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a Barthor fun fact of the week for you. <laughs> <laughs> she's like now Trip Tucker when when your character comes across the catfish and he's like, oh hell, you catfish! Can I bring my six shooters out? <laughs> 
When you come across the catfish, remember to do a jig in place and fire your six shooters into the air. Hambone it the hell <laughs> Stick your thumb in your belt loop and do a little jig. <laughs> I'm way ahead of you, Roxanne. <laughs> do you know how to do the achy, breaky heart? He turns around and he's already being like, when I say step to the left, you step to the left. <laughs> That was great. Now, yeah, that, that story was, was fucking cool, man. I cannot wait for the next part of it. I'm glad you liked it. I'm it... torn about Freddy. I think there's a re- he could be redeemed. I mean, he's dead. Mm. He could come back. He's a robot. He is That's a robot. True. Could Barthor come back? Nah. Maybe. I could thought do, about that. was a could, hologram. Could he could Maybe come back. He could come back, but yeah. I'm not going to, because I'm not going to go to 12 characters that I've got to fucking write for. <laughs> You gotta whittle it down a bit. If he comes back, that's another an one's gonna anti rich master's things to do. To yeah. bring a character back to life. Yeah. No, he would do it just to kill them again. True. I, I'd bring him back, but at the expense of two other characters. Oh my god. Jesus fucking Christ. You're a sick fuck. <laughs> I wish I remember who said it in the Discord, but somebody was like, uh, I thought Rich Bastards was going to be like a double bastard and kill one of the characters from someone else's story. <laughs> then I remember Jeff already did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, whenever I post a story that uh, someone doesn't die in, Squid uh, Ludwig... Uh, puts a little post up with a flag saying, safe from Rich Masters this week. <laughs> yeah, it's like a no accidents in 11 days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Should we have a break and then we'll come back and then it's Josh's turn to regale us. Oh, shit. Hell yeah. He's on this. Fuck him. All right. See you in a bit. Heads, uh, yeah, I don't know where that came from. Don't, don't call him that. That was good. That was real. That'll <laughs> stick. Bros heads. <laughs> I think you could just call them bros, and that would be fine. Yeah. No, no, it's too easy. Pros heads. Hey, bros chotes, you're back. There it is. That's it. You hey, know what? fuck That's boys, it. we're back. <laughs> oh shit. Um, we are knee deep in silver and dinosaurs. Uh, and it well, is... we're something deep, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Does getting that... the dick have a knee in it? <laughs> getting that sweet dinosaur puss. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. It's that kind of podcast? Cloaca. Fucking Chuck Tingle podcast? All right. <laughs> I was listening to the one. It was like the Big Apple, and it was like in New York. And this, it was like the lesbian Big Apple or something like that. So good. The author of our generation right there. Yep. Dude. Yep. He, so funny. He called us and he was like, guys, you should put a podcast together uh, <laughs> because there's only you who can encapsulate 
what I do in a podcast, basically yeah. three fiction stories. And we were like, sure, Chuck, we got it. We got you. Love is real. <laughs> yeah, love is real, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us a story, please, okay. Mr. Henderson. I titled, I titled my episode because you guys seem to think I have to. Yep, you do. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Pukes of Grawlzard. <laughs> the name. You can oh, go back to not Yeah, I was going to say, it's right. Yeah. <laughs> My strategy worked. No, that's a 10 out of 10 name. It's all names from now on. My whole life is like pretending I don't know how to do something, so I don't have to do it. I thought you were going to do something stupid, even stupider like that, and say like, oh, I named it, so its name is Brenda. Brenda. <laughs> I believe that's called weaponized ignorance. Yep, it's <laughs> used by dudes in relationships a lot. Oh, <laughs> Shit! It's fucking like gaslighting our asses. <laughs> you already knew this. Anyway, <laughs> let me gaslight you a little bit. You already knew this. <laughs> you already knew this. Uh, <clears throat> all right, here we go. Grawl is one fucked up cesspit of common villainy, <laughs> like the stepdad you never asked for. But then you hear him banging your mom. It's fucked up. But deep down, you respect it. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Who wrote that? It's a little but, window into a psyche we didn't need, I think. <laughs> as long as she doesn't get you your coffee, you're fine. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. But below the surface of Grawl's pocked and pitted outer visage lay a seedy underbelly of its, of its political arena. That's right, fuckers. We're going to attack the clones over here. So strap on your world-building boners, and let's get so bureaucratic, it'll make your mama say, Boys, you need to file a form 6969-420B in order to listen to Jerry bang me. And don't forget to use only black or blue pens, because we're going to go all night long, or until the union stops paying for Jerry's overtime. <laughs> wow. What a glowing indictment of our uh, municipal systems. <laughs> I tried so hard not to laugh over you doing that. I was trying to wait. I have to, I have to go get my license renewed soon. <laughs> oh, me too, actually. It's going to suck. Detective Robin! Screamed a portly old dwarf from behind his play school-sized desk. desk. Get in here! Oh my god, I'm imagining him with those little wooden typewriters that that pretend. And he has like the little holes in it where you can put the star in it or the square. (laughs) (laughs) Detective Chad Roman of the PODs, or the Paladins of (laughs) Darano's, along with his dog band partner, Stank Dankelson, walked into Mayor Grog Hogley's office and stood at firm attention. A, 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 A pod ab? A, a, a pod app. Yep. A pod app? Don't we we'll get there. Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Hold on. <laughs> Stag's occasional nervous twitch uh, were the only movements for what seemed like hours as the two got ready for the reaming of a lifetime. And once, Chad went undercover at the Ream Dream, a pegging club. <laughs> that is not the first time we've mentioned pegging on this call. It is not. And it won't be the last. It won't. No, no. You two have really done it this time, the mayor began as he stood up to tower below the two by a good three feet. (laughs) (laughs) 
And by really done it, I mean really haven't done shit about any of these gangs taking over my city! He yelled as frothy spit fl flew from his mouth and landed on their knee area. <laughs> <laughs> the two nevertheless squinted and winced as the spray of what could only be described as hot mold hit their bare Aww. legs. Since the P.O.D. has recently switched to hot pants style for <laughs> summer months. <laughs> Lieutenant Dangle style. Yeah, Dangle, yeah, Dangle, yeah. <laughs> Sir, if if I may, tried to in, uh, Chad tried to interject. Why I wrote whining, mocking voice. Sir, if, if I may, where, where, where? Can it, Roman? <laughs> All of our fronts have been exposed. These flamingos are poised to take over the entire oh. underworld. They've recently dispatched the dogmen, and they've been pulling jobs like it was Rubby Night at Sir Tugalot's Massage and Happy Ending Emporium. Fucking <laughs> 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 <can> Rubby Nights. <laughs> <laughs> both Chad and Stank sighed at each other, both thinking they'd have to look into whatever, into whether or not that was a real place or not. Or just <laughs> Just as the mayor slammed his meaty fist down on his desk, causing them to startle and snap back to attention. Grawl's been nominated for most corrupt city and or borough eight straight years in a row, and I'll be damned if we're not going to win it this year. <laughs> win it. We can't have some vigilante group running around making the paladins look like they can't do their jobs or that they're only interested in donuts or that they're fascist pig dogs who racially profile or that they'll stab anyone with their flaming swords for even looking at them twice or that we recruit sub-75 IQ, sub IQ level paladins so they don't ask too many questions about our draconian tactics or this went on for about another 20 minutes or so. Sub-75 level IQ is... Genius. <laughs> As the mayor listed every reason that we, we here at Bros always say, A cab, 1312, motherfucks. That's what Too we say. true. We got tattoos of it. Yeah. All got a tattoo. One's on my chin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just can't see it because of the beard. Yeah. <laughs> Covered it up. I want results, detectives. And if you two can't get those for me, I'll be forced to fire you with full pension so that you can sit around for the rest of your miserable lives living off people's hard-earned taxes, thinking about all the times you got away with illegal shit and doing whatever you want as free men, basically getting paid to sit at home and contribute nothing to the force when you could be out here busting skulls for less. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Holy shit. The mayor breathed in deeply to catch his breath. Uh, boss, that doesn't sound too bad, Stank began. <laughs> Dankelson, I swear if you finish that sentence, <laughs> I'll cut your tongue out and use it as a chamois to wash my yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a bone yacht? Yeah, it's a bone yacht. Oh, yeah. I kid. Mocked. <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, bone yacht. Bone yacht. <laughs> Stank gulped, gulped and fell back to a stiff attention. The annual Punta Eve race is this week. <laughs> <laughs> and I swear if those flamingos even get a stanky whiff of the finish line alive, I'll use both of your scalps as merkins. <laughs> stanky whiff of the finish line. 
<laughs> the mayor huffed and puffed as he relit an old stogie which had already been half smoked. So you two better stop playing crab ass out there and figure out how to make these guys deader than my wife's libido. <laughs> Get your damn dicks out of each other's mouths. Yeah, because it's poo to Eve, not poo to Steve, shouted Stank, as both the mayor and Chad Roman slowly turned to him in disgust. Is this man's name Stank Dankelson? Yeah. Oh my god. He's a dog. He's a dog man. Anyway, the mayor went on. Get out of here before I'm sick. Get out of here before I'm sick of looking at your stupid idiot faces. Yes, sir, the two lackeys say it, say it in unison and left the room as the mayor unzips his tuxedo pants and starts to jerk off to his own mayor sash. <laughs> oh, my God. That's what they all do. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> hard-hitting politics in this episode. <laughs> Back at the Flamingo's headquarters, a long clang followed by a mother truck and shit could be heard coming from the garage. <laughs> You're, like, supposed to use that wrench on the van, not on your toes, Chickpea said to her brother, who was under the bone van. Thank you, sister. You are so much wiser and smarter than me, Peppercorn replied. Don't forget hotter. (laughs) Oh, Chickpea, you cad. She said as she spun around on one of those little round shop chairs that spin for some reason. (laughs) You know the chairs, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, isn't it the idea for a criminal gang of organized, well, criminals to stay out of the public eye and not draw attention to themselves? Fred said as he rolled out from under the bone van on one of those shop rolly things that let you sleep under cars. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they're for. That's how you find out. Duncan sat in the corner working on some rudimentary tube-based electronic device. It sparked as he put put it down. Joey thinks it's time we made a bigger splash here in the Big Bat Bowl. (laughs) Punta Eve will get our names out there, and I know we have the best getaway driver in the whole damn city, so we can win this thing. Besides, we're bonding. Grunk rolled out from under the van right next to Fred. Duncan's right. I am the best getaway driver in the whole world, he said proudly. (laughs) He said city. (laughs) Motion to ban Chickpea from the garage forever. (laughs) (laughs) Chickpea rolled her eyes and went back to the important job of spinning in her seat. (laughs) Uh, Who is talking now? I need to look. (laughs) Uh, When we finish these upgrades, our baby here is going to be a force to reckon with, Duncan said, slapping the side of the bone van. As he did, he ran his hand over the old decal they had on the side that said, Flamingo Laundry and Delivery Service. (laughs) She could use a new new coat of paint and a new logo, though, he went on. Paint up, girl, Fred said immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Chickpea could model. You, like, can afford my modeling fee, she said. (laughs) Same, Gunk said from under the (laughs) bed. Roll her out, Stank said with a weird dogly giggle. (laughs) What does that even mean? I'm picturing Muttley. Yeah, it's like Muttley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Chad Roman revved the the mag busticle mana engine (laughs) hard. 
as he grabbed a human skull gear shifter and shifted into a forward gear. All around outside of POD headquarters motor pool, every officer stood waiting for the department's new toy to be unveiled. This is how they were going to get those filthy flamingos. They all thought without questioning why they were even going after these guys because they were all bootlicking piss babies. (laughs) (laughs) As the vehicle exited the garage, their piss baby mouths were agape at the sheer size of the object they saw moving slowly toward them. On the side, painted in blood red, were the letters TRGW. <laughs> Behold, the mayor said from a pulpit, t- talking into an all sea b- ball. The Trocosaurus Rex galvanized versatile vehicle. <laughs> As he finished, he flourished his tiny arms toward the TRGW? Wait a minute. <laughs> Dankelson, it's supposed to be two V's, not a double, not a W, you absolute cock-licking ass for brains, the mayor scolded. <laughs> yeah, what's the difference, boss? Two V's make a W. I was saving time. It's like math or something, Stank said, his tongue, pant- his tongue panted. Dankelson, another officer said, you're not one of those D-gens who makes pointed W's for lowercase W, are you? <laughs> Pointed use for locust W, are you? Sure, why not? <laughs> you make me sick, Dickinson, <laughs> the officer said. <laughs> After a moment, and then spit on the ground near Stank's foot. This thing was massive. The TRGW was the size of a monster truck and made out of the ancient bones of a flightless dragon, some called a dinosaur? <laughs> <laughs> Ding. 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 Its hull was almost impenetrable. On the front was the gaping maw of the terrible lizards whose visage was now merely a hood ornament for this instrument of destruction. It was painted all black and flew the Daranosian flag behind it, but instead of the usual colors of the rainbow, it was black and blue and said, Pod Lives Matter. (laughs) Oh, I want them all to die. Yeah. (laughs) It's working. (laughs) (laughs) As, As the truck rumbled and revved, the pods began to shout, P-O-D, P-O-D, like the USA chant, but stupider somehow. Somehow. (laughs) You know at least one of those guys was chanting it, thinking they were chanting for the early 2000s Christian new metal band, (laughs) P-O-D. Aw, I was, said an officer from the back as he kicked a rock and left with his head down, his armor clanging. How did he hear the narrator say that? (laughs) Back at the Flamingo's garage, Gunk turned uh, the skeleton key and the fl- Flamingo bone van stuttered. Don't mana drain it, Fred shouted from under the hood. <laughs> Gunk turned the key again and delicately used... That's a smart joke. That is a smart <laughs> joke. <very> good. <laughs> and used his foot on the mana pedal, which was the shape of a giant Bigfoot's foot. Soon the van <laughs> started to life and rumbled loudly and, and slowly purred. She's like she's like brand new. Peppercorn shouted from inside the van at his all computer station. <laughs> Fred slammed the hood and patted it with satisfaction. Duncan stood outside as he heard his beautiful bone beast baby rumble to life. Chick P was using magic to form a portal in which from which Joey Pizza walked out of. I uh, see your fans looking straight out of the eight team. He said, chewing on a pepperoni for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> 
The what? Shakira raised ass raising an eyebrow. You know, the A team. They were Grawl's first Puta champs. They won like 69 times and then went completely vigilante justice after coming back from the Vietnam War. <laughs> gonna, oh my god. I'm just going to let that one simmer for a bit. I broke Rich, I think. No, I'm here. Vietnam War, Rich. Oh, it's very good. I, I, it was a national tragedy. It was one of the... <laughs> They call it the American War over there. <laughs> <laughs> it was t- right. it was one of those jokes that I was just like, I can't. You know those jokes where you can't laugh because yeah, it's just, just too it, good. It breaks your thought. It breaks yeah, me. I, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> As the van rolled out of its garage, Duncan smiled proudly. She was jacked. Her ass end was lifted up with a fat with fat booty ass tires like your mama's ass end was lifted up last night when I filmed our yearly all seat XXXmas card with her. Granny's in for a surprise this year. <laughs> oh man, Granny's gonna get a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, well, something. <laughs> she was pure silver, no paint. Ding! <laughs> Just the bones sanded down to the bone metal. <laughs> Oh yeah, everything made out of bones is also metal. Like figurative, figuratively and literal, as in it's metal that things are made out of uh, bones, and that the bones themselves from the ancient horrors, those whose bones were literally metallic in nature. <laughs> whoa, whoa, hold on. <laughs> let me let me make a chart. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you gotta draw that one out. <laughs> this isn't kindergarten. You get it. I wrote that. I actually wrote that. <laughs> On the side of the, on the side, the crew indeed went with the pinup motif. There stood a half-naked orc on a beach. (laughs) Wait, there stood naked on a beach, a busty, comely orc babe in a bikini with a steinamide in one hand and holding onto a stripper pole in the other. (laughs) And behind her was the legendary bird, the flamingo, pulling at her g-string and pulling it it down (laughs) just so you could see her green ass crack, like that one suntan lotion, giving you a reminder that. You should have a boner because her ass crack is hot. <laughs> Just a I general reminder. I knew there was going to be a dog pulling down a bikini. I'm, I'm glad it was a flamingo. Sweet orc. Jesus, Joey said, <laughs> looking at at the side like in that one Star Trek gif. <laughs> Duncan smiled and patted Joey on the back. He ran toward his bone baby and got in the front seat as Fred climbed into the back. Chickpea waved her staff and closed the portal as she got her as she herself got into the sliding door on the side of the van and they and off they went. Wait a second, Joey said, looking around the now empty lot. How the hell am I gonna get home? I got chores to do. <laughs> he said confusingly as dust flowed around him. Ah, my road, he said. <laughs> Looking from side to side like in that one Pulp Fiction gif. <laughs> so stupid. Fucking, fucking tenor getting a shout out in this episode. Yeah, right? As the racers lined up on the corners of First and Second Streets, the bustle of the city nearly came to a halt. Everyone gathered to watch the annual illegal drag race that was a staple of Grawl. Since the Darren Wizard Council didn't sanction this event on account of them not being around anymore, <laughs> anything went in this race. You could literally do anything to win. 
Drag Race was merely a suggestion, as you could take side streets or even go underground if you could. Nothing mattered. <laughs> this race was going to be like Thanksgiving at your in-laws. Long and inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> True. Mm. <laughs> The Flamingos uh, pulled up in their designated positions and revved the newly rebuilt Semi-420 Mana Induction Combusticator in such a way that surely some panties got wet and some boners released some pre-cum. <laughs> the remaining Dogmen crew rolled up in their smaller but more maneuverable doghouse carts. <laughs> kind of like Snoopy's house mixed with a Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> On the back, they had a co-pilot who would be dealing out major damage with lances and staves and swords and anything really that could hurt or kill you. The Orc Mafia showed up in their black bone limos. <laughs> they never tried to win. They just sat in the back hot tub and sipped champy and tossed out candy and jewels to the kids. It was kind of like a parade for them. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Suddenly, the ground began to rumble. The crowd fell silent. Ground quake! Yelled a drunk hobo as he ran and braced himself up against his cardboard shanty's doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Piss leaking from his peener. <laughs> but from around the corner, everyone heard the, the cop national anthem, Bad Boys, theme from the show Cops by Inner Circle. <laughs> <laughs> it got it louder up. and louder <laughs> It got louder and louder Until finally a tank uh, A tank of a bone truck A tank of a bone truck Rolled up to the starting line Man I gotta edit this You know Who On the fly. My editor? It's On a little fly. too late for that now yeah. I think Yeah it's too late Are we recording? I wasn't No I'm just kidding <laughs> Well Show's over Forever <laughs> Three weeks in a row <laughs> Uh, over uh, over the all-noise loudspeaker, Chad Roman began to speak. Nothing to see here, folks. Move along. Move along. I don't know about all that, a bystander, a bystander said as everyone began to grumble. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen and pods, the announcer <laughs> began to speak. Start your mana combusticators! <laughs> I am in love with mana combusticators so much. <laughs> As he finished, the roar of bone cars filled the streets. The smell of burnt mana and oil stung everyone's nostrils. Except for the Pixie Consortium, whose bubble cars only emitted a, emitted a scent of fresh laundry and strawberries and cream. Aww. Let's kill these motherfuckers! shouted Pixie Driver. <laughs> I've seen that all. <laughs> I'm gonna add Shouted an awe. <laughs> Shouted a pixie driver as she lowered old timey goggles over her cutie little face as bubbles popped and sputtered out of her bubble car. <laughs> a hot orc stood in front of everyone with a handkerchief. She was ready to drop the flag and start the race when she accidentally dropped it too early. Oopsie, she said, bending over seductively as her donkey badonk hiney pointed out at the racers. She gave it she gave that big booty a slap and Shorty started the race, 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 race. Oh god. Yeehaw! shouted the hillbilly as he hand boned up to the in the crowd. Like it was a real life NASCAR race in real life America circa now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> the pod's new destructo craft was slow to the start, though, allowing everyone to pass while sitting idly at the starting line. I don't know about all that, said that one guy again suspiciously. <laughs> As one should always be uh, uh, of anyone in authority. <laughs> true. Too true. The flamingos were off to a great start, however. They edged past the pixie bubble car and used the natural draft of their fragrance bubbles to pull up right behind one of the dogmen carts. The dogman on the back turned around and began to wildly hack at the front of the bone van with an axe. It did nothing. Be sure to spay and neuter your pets, Duncan said as he climbed out the side window and aimed his pistol at the car's uh, back right wheel. With a single shot, he hit his mark, sending the dogman flying over the cart as the cart itself flipped over like one of that one Nazi guy in Indiana Jones 3 when he gets that post stuck in the front wheel. I it probably would have been... <laughs> It probably would have been more humane to just shoot the guy, but eh, whatever. <laughs> Years later, the dogman's puppy son would be addicted to giggle dirt and resort to turning tricks on the street for gold. Like he would sit or stand on command or do that one trick where he keeps a treat on his nose until the person says it's okay to eat it, and then he would eat it off his own nose. Oh, turning tricks. <laughs> The flamingos were in good position as they passed the dwarf district, but that was about to change. From behind them, Peppercorn was seeing chaos. The TRGW had indeed <laughs> began to move and was now trailing the entire race field by only a few yards. What the hell are they doing? Chickpea wondered out loud, at uh, looking at her brother's all-sea screen. On top of the van, a magical turret held an all-sea ball so that Peppercorn could scan around them 369 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> get him get him stank shouted in the passenger seat of the trdw rolled up behind the orc mafia's limo the enormous tires of the truckosaurus literally tearing up the road as they went the hell is that said an orc turning his head to look behind him careful not to spill his bubbly into the hot tub but it was too late just as he saw what it was uh just as he saw what it was, his fate and the fate of the Orc Mafia limo were sealed. The TRGW rolled right over them. It smashed the rear end of the car like I smashed your mama's rear end last night with my TRGW. And just like last night, there were no survivors. <laughs> the TRGW went through the limo like hot jizz through one ply toilet tissue. <laughs> That's disgusting. Who writes that? <laughs> One child who was gathered around for the candy the orcs were throwing picked up the severed hand of the orc Don. It's still clutching a piece of candy and his big giant diamond ring glinted in the sun. Cool! Orc Don kissing hand, the kid said as he kissed the ring. <laughs> Just that what I always it. wanted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a problem, Peppercorn shouted up to the cockpit. Duncan turned around to see uh, behind them. Not only were there about two dozen dogmen carts hell-bent on revenge for what Duncan himself did to their pack leader, but the entire POD's force was behind them, having been joined by every POD squad bone car in the city. <laughs> People began to cheese it, cheese it hard as the fuzz was 
<laughs> now up everyone's asshole ruining Punta Eve. A dude swallowed his entire cache of giggle dirt in one go and saw his ancestor. <laughs> the PODs were out for blood. What else What else was new, thought Duncan. Mm. Fred! Duncan shouted to the back. It's time! Oh, hell yeah, Fred said <laughs> as he shouldered a giant steampunk ass-looking tube. It was one of Peppercorn's newest inventions, the Blunder Zooka. <laughs> Using... Using chickpeas portal magic, he could put any number of objects, usually trash, into a shell that, when fired, would spray anyone with death. Literally, it was ten pounds of shit and a five-pound bazooka shell. <laughs> Fred lined up the sight, lined up the sight, and fired at the nearest dog cart. A thump, the thump of the zooka shook even Fred's man, sturdy, manly, muscular body as out of the front of the weapon appeared a bowling ball. Fucking bowling ball, bro! Fred turned around to Peppercorn as Peppercorn just shrugged. As the bowling ball hit the dog cart driver, it smashed through its little dog windshield. (laughs) (laughs) Whose white leather interior instantly became red with brain and blood. (laughs) Jesus, this is fucked up. I'm sorry we made you read this, Josh. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I gotta... I gotta please, rethink my life. Please say someone yelled strike. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's really good. Fred loaded another round as he took aim at one of the pod uh, squad cars. He fired and outshot dozens of silver forks, knives, and spoons. <laughs> Fred sighed disappointed as they embedded themselves into the front end of the bone car doing no damage. That was like a Gam Gam's fine cutlery, Chick shouted at her brother. <laughs> we were never going to use it, Chick. We're Willennials, Pep shouted back. <laughs> Willennials. <laughs> All around them, more and more podcasts were pouring out of the side streets now, chasing the clear leader of the race, the Flamingos. Behind them, Chickpea saw the TRGW getting closer and closer, now mowing over even their own guys with the recklessness and uncaring thought only a pig could have. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's right. Chickpea looked over uh, to the other side of the van where a big red glowing button shone through in the darkness of the inner van. Fuck it, she said, and used her staff to hit the button high above her. Fuck yes, Grunk said, looking in the rear view. I'll see her. <laughs> Chickpea stood near the side sliding door with her arms out in a T-pose. Uh, through the open back door, she could see the TRGW coming closer. She closed her eyes, and her brother's magnum opus began to assemble itself around her. Clanking and clicking and whirring stirred as the sliding door of the van slid open. A soft seat cradled her as she slid out the door on a turret. <laughs> in front of her, the mechanisms of Peppercorn's genius mind unfolded in perfect construction. Soon she was sitting in the staffling gun. <laughs> a myriad of 12 different magical staffs put together in a circle spun as she warmed up the weapon with the push of a trigger. The TRGW closed, closed in range just as the staffling gun began to fire. Outshot firebolts, ice bolts, lightning bolts, arcade magic missile bolts, and bolts of varying magic that even Chickpea didn't know Peppercorn had added. <laughs> A lowly pod car managed to get in the way of the hellstorm of bolts and was struck with 56 different kinds of magic at once. 
The bone car exploded as the TRGW rolled right through it, taking on the bolts, taking the bolts on its front end. Ice lances stuck out of the hood or bonnet if you're some kind of British weirdo. <laughs> I am. I am. As the TRGW rolled closer and closer, Chickpea again pulled the trigger and let loose another barrage of magical death. One stray green bolt ricocheted off the TRGW and hit a, p- a POD riding a bone horse, instantly turning him into a frog. Years later, just as he would begin to come to terms with his new life as a frog, some random rat would do a drive-by and kill him with a gun? <laughs> that fucking son of a bitch. I'm Where so the hell? He's still out there. <laughs> Where the hell did this rat get a gun? Would be the frog guy's last thought as he died alone as a frog. <laughs> Shit, Chickpea said as she retracted the staffling gun back into the van. We're almost at the city limits, Gunk shouted. This is nine ways to fuck day, Duncan said. <laughs> As they reached the city limit, the TRGW and all the PODs began to slow. Kill him! Kill him before they get to the city limit, shouted the mayor over the all-sea ball. As the flamingos passed the city limit, That's that read, Grawl, the Big Babble, hope you enjoyed your stay, but with the word crossed out to replace the word stay with gay. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you that. That's fucked up. That's just vandalism. <laughs> that's uh, some real big city shit right there. That's, yeah. that's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> they had won the Punta race, but they had lost a home. The TRGW came to a skidding halt as both Chad Roman and Stank got out and threw their metal paladin helmets on the ground and kicked the dirt. Shit balls! Shitty, shitty, shit, shit! Stank added as he kicked his helmet and broke his toe. The, flam- the flamingos sat in silence and sh- silence and shock as to what had just happened. Since when were the POD's this openly corrupt? Grawl was by no means perfect but the PODs usually let everyone just chill and be cool. Now they were narking out like the lances up their butts just got shoved up another 12 inches. <laughs> the mayor's gonna be pissed, Chad said, looking at Stank. Wanna make out about it? Stank said, waggling an eyebrow. <laughs> Not until we get home, Chad said, shooing him away. The end. <laughs> That's the clapping. It was good. That was a masterpiece. Oh, jeez. Fucking. Is that the second or third race in our show? I think it might be the third. I love doing races. They're so fun. You, Jeff, you did the drag race episode, didn't you? I did. So it's third episode, yeah. Yeah, Uh, I did the third race. Staffling gun. It's yep. just too good, man. <laughs> oh God. Oh. I was like, what would they do like if they had a like a Gatling gun? Like it wouldn't be like cannons. Like I was like, no. what if it was just dabs like taped together? <laughs> Bits of <laughs> wood. Yeah. Um have you been watching The Fast and the Furious or something? No. I was thinking about um Bullet. I love right, the movie yeah. Bullet. Yeah, Bullet's a great movie. I was thinking about Bullet a lot. There is so much in this story. Like it is jam fucking packed wall to wall with great jokes. Yeah. Stupid ideas. <laughs> that one guy who wrote on the sign. <laughs> but that happened. A little bit that of homophobia. 
I didn't write it. Don't come yeah. at me. I'm not the one who wrote that. I didn't vandalize it. Look, Josh did not write that on the sign, yeah. but he did write that someone wrote that on the sign. <laughs> I'm just chronicling what's happening in this world. Like, yeah. don't, don't shoot the messenger, man. He understands the real enemy in all stories is homophobia, racism, That's right. sexism. That's Cops. right. Cops. Cops. J.K. Rowling. Yep. Yeah, I had like a real like boner for hating the cops this week. I don't know what happened, but I mean, uh, the it's world. bros, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're yeah. a citizen of the world, Josh. <laughs> that's why you understand that hating the cops is a thing. I finally woke up. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh man. I good. need a cigarette. Uh, when I got a little lightheaded laughing so hard during that. <laughs> Whenever you say the word flamingo, I'm like, okay, all right, let's sit yep. up, let's sit yep. up. Yeah, Rich was not gonna listen to your story until you said flamingo. That's what I heard. That's exactly what I heard. I just meant I wasn't slouching. <laughs> you should never be slouching, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, mom, Josh. Thanks, second wife. Now let me get you a coffee for my baby boy. <laughs> <laughs> Never now, that was a 10 out of 10 Darano story <laughs> yeah it was great thank you oh man oh, man that was good I feel like I, feel like I just fucked someone's mom <laughs> that did happen three times yeah, in that it story did, it so did. <laughs> was it, Dude, is you it, gotta know is it the you same mom every story uh, I don't know <laughs> you think I get their names I don't know <laughs> uh oh <laughs> moms need love too, Rich. They do. They do. And Mars needs moms. Mars needs <laughs> <laughs> uh, Both Newberry award winning books. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Darinos needs a Newberry, I think. <laughs> you think I could win the. Uh, what's the science fiction fantasy award? What is that? Uh, it's the off- is it the Offsea Clock? Is it? I think it's the uh, the science fiction, the big science fiction one is the Arthur C. Clarke Award. Yeah. There's another one that I'm thinking of, and I don't know the name. But the I Dagger is the crime one. Ooh, that's a nice, yeah. that's a cool one. Isn't there uh, a Burroughs Award? I don't know, I don't think know. so. Possibly. And then there's like a... Because comics what? is the Eisner. I know that. Yeah. After Will Eisner. Yeah. Old Billy Eisner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Billy Eichner. Thanks for the comments. <laughs> Fiction Award. What Hugo? A Hugo Award. Oh, the Hugo, oh, Hugo. Award. That's what I was thinking. People yeah. were yelling it at their podcast. They I'm were. sure. I mean, they weren't yelling it fucking loud enough because I didn't hear it. Yeah, I couldn't hear shit. Future, future audience. Yeah. <laughs> Yell so hard you go back in time. <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> just fly around the world and go back in time and tell us, dumb dumb. Idiots. Uh, with it. That was good. Speaking man. of idiots. <laughs> it's my turn to write <laughs> <you're so laughs> Oh man. Let's let's take a break. Uh you know who invented the break? Uh I'm not saying anything. We'll be back in five minutes. Bye! <laughs>
Welcome back, Subway Dwellers. It's Bros Before Pros Part 3, and we've got a story from Mr. Pennington. Oh, Ooh. yes. It's time to get spooky eventually. Spooky vision time. Spooky, spooky vision. vision. Uh, the name of my story is Don't Come In. Okay. Like C-U-M? Uh, <laughs> it can be whatever you want, really. I mean, if you don't I'm want us to come them. in... Put a hat on the door, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, put a scrunchie on the knob. <laughs> it was nearing the end of March, and the chill, biting wind of winter was slowly giving way to the swelling warmth of spring. That's but what's it, happening now. But in that bad way that makes you sweat and then get chills right after, and every day just feels like shit to exist in. Uh, Damn. Lousy, I, I was... lousy smarch weather. <laughs> <laughs> Crappy smarch weather. <laughs> The kind of gray blah that swaddled you with a malaise that only booze could alleviate. Damn! But only if you're an alcoholic, so if you agree with that statement, maybe take a long look in the mirror and evaluate things a little bit. Right, he left, Rich? He left that pause for us, Josh. I feel that's entrapment. as hell. That's entrapment, yeah, man. As hell. Entrapment. <laughs> Entrapment. A cab, this you is have, entrapment. You have to tell us if you're an entrapment officer, Jeff. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> Melanie Hall had been spending a lot of time sitting on the front porch in this gray malaise lately, and was at least thankful that she didn't have to wear her big poofy ass parka jacket anymore. All she needed to keep herself warm was a long, smooth drag off a delicious cigarette. God damn, what are you doing to me right now? Remember the long, hard look Rich was supposed to give himself if he agreed with that previous sentence? (laughs) Ditto for Josh on this one. You're past this. Every now and then, when you say something like that, you tempt me. Don't tempt me, Jeffo! (laughs) You see... Melanie had moved into this rental house about a year ago with her new husband, Alex, and their best friends, Trent and Beth. But things hadn't really turned out the way she had hoped they would. It wasn't so much that Trent had revealed himself to be, perhaps, one of the most self-centered, spoiled, rich cocks to ever grace the face of the earth since the move. Did his mom get him coffee once? (laughs) Continually asking them if they knew what his father did for a living whenever he was asked to do even the slightest chore. For the record, it was apparently something to do with business management or corporate synergy, but no one can be bothered to remember. So it did nothing then, right? Could he have said? Could He's he have said man. corporate slut? That doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a real position. At least not a job position. Hey-o. Well, not a not a job like. Look, look, you get the idea. <laughs> Nor was it Beth who wouldn't stop stealing her food out of the fridge and claiming that that was so Virgo of her to do, so it was okay. (laughs) No no matter how many times Melanie had asked her not to steal from her and blame it on a ball of gas in space, it didn't seem to daunt her. (laughs) Nor did it dissuade her from continually saying, that's so Gemini of you, whenever she was caught trying to take money out of Melanie's purse. Oh my god. Apparently, if you were born between May 21st and June 21st, then you're not a big fan of being robbed blindly by your own best friend. <laughs> because, because otherwise, she'd have been way cooler about it. <laughs> the stars can tell you a lot, apparently. 
You're gonna get no. hexed. <laughs> You're gonna get hexed by some Virgo, dude. No, it was probably the fact that her husband Alex had locked himself in the basement about a week ago and hadn't come out since. What? She tried to put that in any context in her mind that she could manage in order to make it sound like a normal problem all couples have, but denial only goes so far. <laughs> He'd been down there mostly silently for six days now, but every so often a loud popping sound or some kind of weird loud sloshing noise would happen and startle, startle her out of her sleep in the middle of the night. And she'd go again and try to check on him. <laughs> Trying to get him to come back out. But he never said anything to her, save the same phrase over and over again. Don't come in. Don't come in. She stood up from the swing on the front porch and pressed the burning end of her cigarette to the banister to snuff it out. With a flick of her wrist, she tossed it out of the front yard and turned and shuffled back inside. She pulled the door closed behind her and rubbed at the bridge of her nose just under her glasses for a moment. Could it just be, like, a masturbation thing? <laughs> Is that the best-case scenario at this point? <laughs> Had her life really gotten to such a low point? Was her mother right about him? Oh, no. She did say he looked kind of like a guy who would constantly slap his tackle and five-knuckle shuffle his troubles away. <laughs> But she was startled out of her reverie by a sudden muffled knocking at the door just behind her. She jumped and turned quickly, but was stopped in her tracks by the sudden realization that she had only been standing there for less than ten seconds. How could someone have come up and knocked without her even noticing this fast? She pressed her ear to the door and listened intently to the other side. Adjusting slowly to the difference, through the door she could hear slow, rhythmically deep breathing on the other side, ragged at its edges, like a matinee monster movie waiting for the kill. I mean, that's the real masturbator out there. Yeah. <laughs> she looked at the clock on the wall. It was only 4.30. The sun was still pouring through all the windows in the house. There wasn't going to be a boogeyman knocking on the door in the middle of the damn day. <laughs> what in the hell was she even afraid of? Yeah, nobody gets murdered during the day. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, regular killers and rapists and shit. She whispered <laughs> under her breath. She reached into the umbrella stand and yanked out a gigantic black and white striped umbrella and held it up like a baseball bat. <laughs> With one hand still holding onto it, she grasped the door handle, turned it slowly, and then yanked it open full force into the house to reveal... A dumpy middle-aged man dressed head-to-toe in a red-and-yellow Dougie the Dinosaur mascot costume, holding a pizza box aloft in one hand. <laughs> His sunken, half-lidded eyes peered up at the umbrella and then back down at her face. Oh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I thought you might be like a... a w well, anyway, hello. Melanie stumbled over her words a little, <laughs> setting the umbrella down against the door. <laughs> uh, hi, I'm, uh, here because the small dumpy man began, using his non-pizza-wielding hand to brush a few strays of thin brown hair off of his forehead and under the foam of the costume. <laughs> nice. Oh, the pizza, Melanie said, pointing at the box and chuckling. But then she stopped in her tracks and rubbed at her neck for a second or two, feeling a little embarrassment come over her. Uh, uh, we didn't actually order any pizza. I'm the only one home right now besides my husband, and I know he didn't, so... Uh, Are you sure? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know you didn't order a pizza, the short man said with a derisive snort. 
holding the pizza box towards Melanie and pointing at it with one woolly felt finger. This is built into the suit. There's nothing in it. It's just for show. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> Do they? Uh, oh, Melanie said in return. There was a full 15 seconds of absolute silence between them then. <laughs> the man in the Dougie the Dinosaur costume stood staring blankly with his dead, half-lidded eyes, and Melanie tried her best to keep eye contact as far away from him as possible while she waited for him to explain himself. When he didn't, she continued, a little angrier. Okay, so what the hell are you doing here, then? <laughs> I'm the private detective you called this morning, Pavlov <laughs> Flinch. Yeah! He was in disguise in a dinosaur ding! It's a on, moment. My ad was on the back of the Golden Temple Chinese restaurant menu. Oh, fuck. Now ne- I'm getting Chinese. Next to the coupon for Magic Monty's Love Hotel. <laughs> <laughs> the man tried to reach his hand to his side to retrieve his identific- identification, which was twofold an unbelievably stupid thing to do. <laughs> One, because he was wearing a mascot costume over his normal clothes. And two, because he used the hand holding the gigantic sewn-on pizza box prop, which poked its edge directly into his eye, causing him to stumble backwards far too animatedly. Uh. Oh, God. Melanie held a hand over her mouth in disbelief, eyes wide at the spectacle. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm fine. Flinch blinked his red, slightly swelling eye and continued... (laughs) <laughs> I just finished a shift as a sign spinner at the prehistoric pizza on 3rd. <laughs> I didn't have time to ditch the uniform in my neighbor's drained pool like I usually do before our appointment. <laughs> so I thought I'd just wear it and change here. He, pa- he paused for a moment, pointing past her with the pizza prop stuck to his hand. Can I use your bathroom? Oh my god. Melanie looked inside her house and the terror she felt in every molecule of her body at the thought of this middle-aged sign spinner dinosaur slumping inside (laughs) and stinking the place up was almost too much to handle. She looked back at him with barely disguised disgust and fear painting her features. Um... Hey, look, I understand, Flinch said, nodding the bulbous mascot head that sat atop his own head. <laughs> you don't have to hire me if you don't want to. You you do have to pay me my consulting fee for showing up, though, which is suspiciously similar to my normal pay rate for doing the job. Weird. But not legally suspicious. <laughs> Explaining the scam to her. Melanie deflated. She guessed she did need the help. Fine. <laughs> Come in. Does she? <laughs> Flint pushed past her, almost crushing her body in the doorway with his big fuzzy felt ass. <laughs> Somehow he found the bathroom extremely quickly. Like he went straight to it as if he had some kind of sick sense about where you should dump your shit and piss. <laughs> That didn't instill any extra confidence in Melanie. (laughs) After about ten straight minutes of banging and clanging, Flint stepped out wearing an oversized and wrinkled tan trench coat over a yellow dress shirt, brown slacks and shoes, and his second favorite tie, which was shaped like a big brown trout hanging from his neck. (laughs) 
He lost his piano tie in a card game at the old folks' home last weekend, oh. but he planned on getting it back by his unbeatable card prowess or simply by being much stronger than his great-aunt Lucinda. <laughs> I'm going to say Morty's walking around with a piano tie. Uh, Mr. Flinch, I'm in an awful mess, Melanie began, hoping things would be more normal now that the gigantic red pizza dinosaur costume was mostly out of sight in her guest bathroom shower. <laughs> Is he putting it in water things? My husband kind of fell in with the wrong crowd recently and has changed drastically. Like to being gay, Flinch asked unironically. <laughs> because that's not like a bad crowd thing. You're pretty much born that way. <laughs> Thank you, Pavlov. What? Melanie stopped at her track for a moment, but then continued, uh, no. He met these guys at work. He's a marketing guy at Fleesome Law Offices. <laughs> and these guys were a bunch of paralegals working with them. Boring, Flinch said. <laughs> Shoving his hands into his coat pockets. Melanie stared at him blankly for a moment and then timidly continued on. Okay, well, they started coming over every night and hanging out in the basement. I wasn't allowed to go down there to begin with because it was a boys' night or something. But as time went on, they really changed him. He started talking about Joe Rogan, like, a lot. Uh. (laughs) Oh, no! And I don't even know who the fuck that is. He started telling me I need to be more wifely and need to stick to my gender roles. Getting real internet incel at me. And if he wasn't involuntarily celibate before he started spouting all this horse shit at me, I definitely made sure he was now. Damn. Good on you. Involuntarily celibate, right. Flinch said in a way that reeked of someone acting like they understood what a phrase means. <laughs> Uh, that's not really my point, Mr. Flinch. His buddies all stayed over one night last week, like some kind of weird slumber party. And then the next morning, they left without a word. I mean, they walked out without even looking at each other. It really weirded me out. But what was even weirder was that Alex didn't come up with them. He just stayed down there all day, alone. And it's not normal to spend all day alone in a basement. Flint searched her face for a reaction and then quickly nodded over and over. Yeah, yeah, of course. We all know this. We're, we're both normal. <laughs> He's been down there for six days since, Melanie continued unabated. There's no food down there and only an old washing sink for water. Every time I come to the door to try to get him to come up and eat or even just see me, the door is locked and deadbolted and he keeps yelling at me not to come in. That's all he said for six days. Damn. Uh Uh-huh, Flinch said, (laughs) blank-eyed. So the police said they can't help me. He he can stay in the basement as long as he wants. So I (laughs) called you for help. Right, right, Flinch responded vaguely. (laughs) So you can pick the basement lock and check on my husband? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. (laughs) Still doesn't get it. So I can check on him? (laughs) Oh, sure, sure, of course. Fletch looked around the room hazily, taking in all the photos on the wall. You two in, like, a polygon relationship with two other folks or what? (laughs) Polygon relationship? What? Melanie yelled, exasperated. She looked at the photos he was glancing at and saw their friends Trent and Beth posing with them, smiling. No, no, it... Polygon? (laughs) Do you mean polygamy? 
Yeah, yeah, I just pronounce it different. Flint said. <laughs> With a hand wave and turned away from her. Wow. So where is the basement? We should probably help your husband instead of debating about alternative lifestyles. <laughs> In order to stop herself from going ape shit and choking this man to death, she decided to stop trying to communicate with him and show him to the basement door. He seemed to grasp the general basics of what was going on and gave off the air of someone sleazy enough to at least know how to pick a lock and slide a deadbolt. I know how to pick a lock. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> Cell phone. Standing in yeah. front of a small door in the distance, uh, standing in front of the door, a small voice in the distance immediately spoke up before either of them had even touched it. Don't come in! <laughs> Flinch looked back at Melanie, who nodded towards the door. He made a jerk-off motion at her, and she buried her face in her hands and then raised her head back up to shake no vigorously. Flint shrugged. All right, then. Let me get my lockpick kit. He rummaged around inside of his overcoat for a moment. After a couple seconds, he began to just unload straight-up garbage from inside of it onto the floor with uncaring tosses. Most of it seemed to be fruit-by-the-foot wrappers. Like, a lot of them. <laughs> Oh, here it is. He pulled up a he pulled out a dinged up old orange screwdriver from his jacket like Tommy Pickles pulling that shit out of his diaper. <laughs> Melanie grasped and gasped in aggravation before she'd even think of another reaction. For his part, Flinch didn't even notice, going to work immediately on unscrewing the hinges on the door. Suddenly, Mel suddenly Melanie took a step back and stood there flabbergasted. That was actually pretty brilliant. Who needs a lockpicking kit when you can just remove the door side altogether? The five-minute hacks of it was clouding her judgment, and she never thought about any other kind of door except an indoor one, because this wouldn't work on anything else whatsoever. <laughs> After much, much longer than either of them would have liked for it to take... Flinch had removed the hinge connection on one side of the door and wrenched it open the wrong way, leaving it hanging from the lock and deadbolt on the other side. He huffed and puffed in hard, heaving <laughs> breaths as he sat down against the wall and stuffed his old screwdriver back in his coat. Give me a second, or I'm, uh, I'm gonna heave. Flinch <laughs> puffed out, Christ. placing his hand on his chest and resting his head back against the wall. <laughs> Melanie peered into the darkness of the basement and then decided to head back to the door and grab the umbrella again. <laughs> Unfortunately for her, the door swung open, and Trent and Beth sashayed inside. Oh, God. Both of them more than a little tipsy for a little after 5 p.m. Oh, thanks for meeting us at the door to take our coats, Melanie. <laughs> I'm glad you stopped fighting us on giving a little extra service. It's your poor's job in life, after all, Trent blathered. <laughs> This guy's fucking a college fucking jock. <laughs> Trent blathered, swinging his $500 fleece jacket at Melanie's face. Damn. She, of course, let it drop to the ground. Melanie, I know you're feeling very put upon and grounded to the earth because <laughs> Venus is in retrograde, uh. but don't worry. You'll find your soulmate soon, according to your sixth house's spiral moon face. That's it's so flesh. Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> Beth rambled with all the conviction. Uh, Beth rambled with the, all the conviction only the most powerful crystals can grant you. <laughs> uh, 
I, I don't need a soulmate, Beth. I'm married. I can't really deal with you guys right now. I'm really busy. She snatched up the umbrella again and marched back down the hall towards the basement door. Trent and Beth looked at each other, each one looking more offended than the last. Beth chided. Her moon is in Aries. She's just being angry because the stars willed it. My moon is in Aries. <laughs> she should pray to the stars that her will, th- that they will her some cash. <laughs> Trent laughed, holding the back of his hand up in front of his mouth haughtily. Haughtily. <laughs> Flinch was stumbling back up to his feet when Melanie arrived back and pointed through the door between them. Go on ahead, she said with a lot more conviction in her voice. Me? I'm not getting axe murdered for 12 bucks an hour plus expenses, lady. He's your masturbator husband, not mine. <laughs> Flint stepped back away from the door, shoving his hands back in his pockets. This is, this is the worst day of my life, Melanie grumbled under her breath, turning and taking her first step into the darkness. The familiar squeak of the top step was somewhat reassuring, but did send a jolt of fear up her spine all the same. Then it was a matter of a step at a time, down into the darkness. For his part, Flinch did follow along, partially out of morbid curiosity that drove his every move in life, and partially out of the ultimate desire to actually get paid for once. He's so close. He's going to do it this time. (laughs) The two of them descended the old wooden stairs down into the pitch blackness of the basement, both wishing that they had thought to bring a flashlight down. But Melanie didn't stop on the bottom... But Melanie did stop on the bottom step, knowing where it was by heart, peering as hard as she could into the darkness with incredulity. Wait, there are two windows to the outside down here. There's no way it should be this dark, she whispered back to Flinch. She fumbled around in the darkness, grasping at nothingness to reach the dangling light switch chain. Click. The lights Mm. turned on, but were still pretty dim, all things considered. All things in this case would have sent even the most cast iron of stomachs into a spiral. I have a cast iron stomach. (laughs) On every wall, across the couch, spread over the old television in the corner, blotting out the windows and spreading over the ceilings and light fixtures even dug into the concrete block walls of the basement, was dripping, sickeningly raw, undulating meat. (laughs) Moving with the rhythm of a snake digesting in every direction. (sighs) Melanie screamed a piercing shriek, and Flinch turned to run up the stairs and leave this bitch on her own with all this shit like (laughs) usual. But he tripped on the first one and fell face first into the wooden steps, sliding back down. <laughs> don't, don't come in, a small voice pleaded from far beyond the room. Melanie composed herself enough to follow the sound of her husband's voice. Amidst the disgusting, graying meat that twisted and turned against the concrete wall at the far side of the room <laughs> was a hole that the pulsing tentacles of meat seemed to have bore into the stone and earth itself beyond it, only pitch black inside beyond the crevice. The voice floated out of the hole like it was a hundred feet away, being screamed at this point as it repeated, Don't come in. What was this dude's plan? (laughs) Uh, Alex? Melanie screamed towards the hole, her voice being swallowed up inside of its deep, dark, inky blackness. 
Your husband's a hole, Flinch stammered. <laughs> Pushing himself back up to his feet and frantically searching inside of his overcoat for his gun. (laughs) Inside of the shoulder holster strapped around his chest was a purple Game Boy Advance. Still turned (laughs) on playing Donkey Kong Country. (laughs) The battery's gonna die, dude. He shifted his his eyes back to Melanie and then quietly saved his game, turned it off, and slipped it back into his holster. (laughs) Alex! She screamed again, wind rushing out of the blackened orifice of writhing flesh and muscle that coated the walls, sending her hair whipping around her face. I tried to tell you. Oh no. The voice within. Oh my god, that hurt! The voice within the door. Oh my god, no. Oh, he's done it. He's broken himself. He's become a hole. <laughs> the, your husband's a hole? The voice within the darkness began to distort and twist on the wind. An extremely elongated, bloody arm pierced out of the darkness and grasped onto the wall next to the hole. A wave of blood spurting out of it and sluicing across the murky, fleshy floor. <laughs> Both Melanie and Flinch recoiled back away, eyes wide with the wind buffeting them. Don't come in! The inhuman distortion of multiple voices wailed out of the dark. The wall split open like a violent wound, pouring forth a deluge of blood into the room. The arm pressing into the wall pushed its body out as well, an elongated, melting, bloody, skeletal form with blazing white eyes every couple of inches all over it. The infernal screech that erupted from its constantly shifting form filled the room to the brink before its massive body did the same. From its back, as if erupting from inside of its body like painful foreign growths, two gigantic organs exploded into the open air, bones jutting out of them like needles pinned through. (laughs) They were grotesque beyond imagining, but without a doubt, the creature had grown what could only be called wings. Six of them. Melanie turned and pushed past Flinch up the stairs. The private detective frozen in abject horror at just the sight of this eldritch abomination. But it only took him a second before realizing he he should be running up after her as well, escaping the nightmarish vision foot after foot. The creature placed its gnarled, seeping hands together and bowed its elongated, misshapen, tumorous head, (laughs) seething and gurgling blood from its jagged, lipless maw. After a moment of blasphemous prayer, it reared its head back, and a burning, spinning, jagged mass of flames erupted from the top of its head in a perfect, (laughs) blinding circle. What? Melanie ran for the front door and wrenched it open, charging outside onto the front lawn as fast as she could. Trent and Beth were sitting in the living room and watched her run out, exchanging judgmental glances and then turning their eyes back to the newest season of The Bachelor, undisturbed. (laughs) This is about to get super fulfilling. Yeah, hopefully. Pavlov Flinch wasn't far behind, literally diving out the front door and off the front porch into the grass and skidding across it to just shy of Melanie. (laughs) 
He scrambled up to his feet and began fumbling around in his jacket for his Motorola flip phone to call for help. But <laughs> Melanie already had her new sensible normal person phone out, dialing it frantically. <laughs> Trent and Beth scoffed at all the ruckus, and Trent stood up, walking out to the foyer to follow them and give them a piece of his mind. Mm-hmm. Don't they know what his dad does for a living? <laughs> Office slut. <laughs> he didn't get a chance, though. The wall of the basement was ripped away and down into the darkness like tissue paper. Long, thin, blood-soaked fingers scraping at the floor like a hand of a human on a dollhouse, ripping away the floorboards that stood between it and ascending to the first floor. Trent wobbled and fell from the shaking of the entire house, barely having enough time to scream at the nightmarish visage that greeted him. Hmm. The thing grabbed Trent by his head with one hand and his legs with the other. And pulled, (laughs) sending his body flying in two directions and slapping coldly and emotionless in both. (laughs) It continued to ascend to the first floor, tearing the house down with its movement. The entire front fascia collapsed inwards as the creature dug itself up to the front yard, (laughs) pulling earth and sidewalk in on itself as it did, but never slowing down. Melanie screamed another blood-curdling scream, and for his part, so did Flinch, running all the way across the street and diving behind an old Dodge for safety. (laughs) The thing grasped Melanie by her waist and lifted her into the air, the blood gushing from unseen wounds in its hands nearly overtaking her, but her head and shoulders managed to stay above the deluge. She screamed at the top of her lungs, and the gigantic horror threw its head back and screamed into the newly minted night at the top of its own. (laughs) When it turned its hollow, blindingly glowing gaze back to her, the inhuman cacophony of voices hissed out a whisper from from the boundless abyss within its lipless mouth. You were supposed to wait. (laughs) I was to be reborn first. Then you would enter the cocoon. We would have been ascendants, the heralds of the umbral born. Yay! Together forever! Bring! Bring! What? Flinch reached into his breast pocket and returned with his Motorola, which was <laughs> jangling with every ring. He looked wide eyed at the collar unknown on the tiny preview screen and then glanced back at the hulking abomination taking up the entire destroyed lot across the street, shrugged, and then flipped the phone open, placing it to his ear. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Flinch. I believe you should lay down on the ground and cover your ears now. (laughs) Click. The line went dead, and Flinch held the phone out away from himself, staring at the call-ended screen for a long moment. He glanced back at the horror unfolding across the street and immediately face-planted into the ground, shoving his (laughs) hands over his ears. Mm. All sound, whether the constant gushing bleeding of the massive corpse, the screaming of Melanie Hall, the crashing of wood and steel, or the peeing of a detective's pants, (laughs) even if such a thing could possibly be happening, was suddenly gone. (laughs) The international sound of pee. Every, everything was deafened and silent. Melanie's eyes glazed over and she stopped screaming, hanging limp from the bloody thing's gnarled fingers. The, elders, the eldritch horror's screeching was gone as well, and it hung limp for a moment against the massive hole it had created, with its thrashing movements coming up from the basement. Flinch hadn't noticed the black van parked down the street when he had arrived, 
but he vaguely remembered there being a car there of some kind. Nevertheless, the side doors opened, and three individuals exited onto the street and towards the scene, all wearing black. Men in black. A tall, thin man wearing red sunglasses. A short man in a bolo tie and bolero hat, stuffing an entire burger into his mouth. (laughs) An enormous, hairy man lumbering along (laughs) with extremely long arms. The three of them moved without much sense of urgency, stopping in the middle of the street. The thin man in sunglasses set a small piece of absolutely perfectly smooth silver metal onto the ground in the middle of the street and took a step back from it. That was the last thing Flinch remembered seeing. When he opened his eyes, he was slumped against a wooden bench, his arm thrown over the back of it casually to prop him up as he napped. He couldn't remember how he'd gotten there, but looking around him, the street was extremely familiar. It was the exact same street he had been on before, where he had dove behind the Dodge for safety, where those weirdos in black had shown up, where... Flinch jumped to his feet and looked around frantically, his hands doing another fumbling dance around his coat to find that pistol he'd forgotten he'd switched out for a game of Donkey Kong Country before. (laughs) As you do. But he was stopped in his tracks by the sound of children laughing and playing. What? He finally adjusted his eyes and saw what should have been plainly obvious from the beginning, where the house he had come to investigate a basement masturbator had once stood. Now stood a small playground. What? With benches, a slide, a jungle gym, monkey bars, even a small fountain in the middle. Hmm. What kind of city council is that quick? (laughs) He sat back flabbergasted for the first time in a long time without something stupid to say. He barely registered the man who sat down beside him near silently on the bench until he spoke Hmm. in an overly chipper tone. We work pretty quickly to cover these kind of things up. What? Flinch blurted out. (laughs) Startled by the sudden appearance, he instantly recognized the man as the tall gentleman who wore the red sunglasses from before. Mm -hmm. Not because of any detective capabilities, but he was dressed the exact same. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, easy to explain away noises and explosions as demolition. The old house was just being torn down to make way for this nice neighborhood park. Our crews put this together in a couple of days. While you were napping, the tall, thin man said, adjusting the sunglasses on his nose. Look, no offense or anything, but who in the flying fuck are you? And (laughs) Flinch paused, a sudden pallor coming over his face. A a couple days? Napping? (laughs) My name is Indrid Cole. I work for an organization of, let's say, concerned citizens. The Silver Blood Society. Uh, We wish to help people. He paused for a moment to lean back on the bench, casually placing his arm over the back of it. We took uh, care of you while you were unconscious. An unfortunate side effect of the machine. What? Flinch sat absolutely dumbfounded, staring at this man with his mouth agape and his eyes wide. Something about this guy made every hair on Flinch's neck stand up and set every nerve on edge within him. He's the bad guy from Roger Rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) We wish to offer you a job, Mr. Flinch. Cold continued unabated, crossing one leg over the other. (laughs) A a job? I I didn't even get paid for the one I just did, Flinch suddenly realized. (laughs) 
slapping his own forehead and forgetting the eeriness of the situation almost immediately. <laughs> this is the third job this week. Oh, Mom's not going to be happy. I can't pay off the skin of Max bill this month. <laughs> <laughs> ordering skin of Ah, uh, yes. Uh, Miss Hill has been somewhat uh, predisposed because of her association with our basement dwelling friend. <laughs> We will cover the cost of your employment. Cold reached into his jacket pocket and returned with a rolled-up wad of cash, handing it over to Flinch unceremoniously, almost with a disgust for the very act. Hmm. This is... uh, Flinch unrolled the wad and began to count it out quickly, though not quickly enough for a man his age by even half. (laughs) Then looked at Cold with wide eyes. This is like 700 bucks! (laughs) And there's plenty more where that came from if you're interested in working with us, Cold said matter-of-factly, again with some disgust for the whole exchange. (laughs) What do I gotta do? Flinch questioned. Is this like a sex thing? (laughs) (laughs) No. No. No, it's not, Cold said plainly. Oh, Flinch responded. Could it be? (laughs) No. Cold stood up from the bench and reached back into his jacket pocket, returning with a small business card and handing it over to Flinch. You once, uh, lost this out the bus window. (laughs) Do try and keep a better hold of it this time. Flinch turned the card over in his hand and squinted at the gold-pressed lettering on one side of it. Indrid Cold, he read out loud to himself, looking over the card for any other info. On the other side of it was an address. 1313 Mockingbird Lane, Whitesville, (laughs) Connecticut. What's there? The end of the world as we know it, Indrid Cold said plainly, adjusting the lapels on his peacoat. But for you, a gainful business opportunity. The end. Go to it now! (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> that was awesome. That was really good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry it took so long to get to the spooky part. I really like no, that guy. I had to cover my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but my thinky brain showed me the pictures anyway, so <laughs> hopefully what that hap- was horrific enough. What happened to Bethany? <laughs> I guess I forgot to mention that the house did collapse when the monster came out. So she was like crushed to death. She's watching The Bachelor in hell now. (laughs) Where every Bachelor fan belongs. (laughs) Don't worry, they're going there. (laughs) That was awesome. It was really good. Thank you. I want to know what's at this place. Yep. I think we're going to find out in the next seven episodes. Yeah, I'm I'm ramping up to a finale. Oh no! Mm. Were we supposed to do that? <laughs> no. Well, we've got we've got like no, we don't necessarily have to, but we've got like what twenty six episodes will be the first volume of the book, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, We're at eighteen. Yeah. So ten, eight more. Yeah, eight more. What? Eight more. Eight. Eight more. So I I probably should have started this like in a couple episodes, but whatever. No, that's fine. Uh, you can. Uh, I I think like you can easily like 
have a few in-betweeny this... stories, can't you? Yeah. Well, this is... I can, for sure. And this yeah. also isn't, like, the be-all, end-all no. of the spooky vision universe. It's no. just the end of one storyline. Yeah. Dude. What is at this address? The end of the world. I mean, this is the <laughs> second time Cold has tried to push... Uh, flinch to go there. Yeah. Is he just like a magnet for this stuff? Like, is he just like somebody who just maybe stumbles maybe on there this is shit? something special about him? Mm, we'll have yeah. to find out. He's maybe got, there's not. He's got Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the high score. I mean, when uh, he swapped the when when you said swap the gun for Donkey Kong Country, the first thing that came to mind was, wow, it's got a pretty cool soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> like just play now the you're thinking like flinch <laughs> play the play the underwater level theme to the monsters and they'll just get calm it down won't they? yeah exactly they'll chill them out oh man i was thinking maybe they were like being transported to like a different dimension or something mm. with that silver thing um i will say the 1313 mockingbird lane uh Whitesville, Connecticut. We've been there before. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. I don't remember. It's in, it's in my most popular story I wrote. Well, I love every story equally, so I don't know what's <laughs> it's, the, it's the address from the Hallmark episode, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh. It's the grandpa's house yeah. that Anita and Mann inherited. Isn't that where the monsters live? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love the monsters. Who doesn't love the monsters? I met Grandpa Monster the other day from the new movie. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> he came into my parents' store. It's pretty was sweet. he dressed like Grandpa Monster? Oh. No, I didn't know who he was. I'm like, like I was like, this guy's fucking familiar as shit, right? So like he went out to go like check his meter and he came back and I was like, Are you an actor? And he was like, Oh yeah, I'm uh, Danny uh I forget his fucking name. <laughs> Jesus Danny <Christ>. DeVito. <laughs> it's Danny DeVito. He's the guy from like uh The Fugitive and he's in Lost. He's Dr. Arts and Lost. Do you remember? I mean, that? you can just look that up with the internet that you're on. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> he was cool. Uh, but he was Grandpa Monster. Danny. Who played Arts on Lost? Daniel Roebuck. Roebuck, there it is. Got it. There you go. Uh, but yeah, we've now. been, we've oh, been yeah, there no before. Him. He's in tons of shit. Yeah. He's great. He's one He's of those guys, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one of those actors that's like in everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you just kind of yeah. know their face. Yeah. Yep. So when are we going to find out what's at the place? Tonight? No. No. It's God gonna, damn it. It's going to be at least five episodes from now before they get there. So, And <sighs> who's going to go there with them? We don't know. It better what be Myrtle the, Smelly. What, what are the re- repercussions of them going there? We don't know yet. Mm, I like how you did your dinosaur this week. Yeah, it was Thank clever. You. Like, it came to me when we were talking about how fucked up it is that I already did a dinosaur. <laughs> I was like, actually, I'm doing a mascot costume. Fuck it. That was You're just uh, ahead of the curve. That was very funny last week. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get mascots this time. How much? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> Dude, we're gonna get mascots and uh, red sunglasses. Oh, no. Well, that'd be quite easy for me. <laughs> oh, man. I'd- it's hard to incorporate a character into an ongoing story that you're trying to keep 
completely mysterious in every way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like, how much do you draw the mystery out, right? Yeah. I, I like writing Indrid Cold a lot, yeah. but it's mostly because of how weird, off-putting, and mysterious he is as a character. I, I like him a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I made him with my brain, although he is out of composite parts from other shit. <laughs> He's a real guy from the Mothman prophecies. Yeah, he's the one who calls Richard Gere, and he's like, do you really put a hamster in your butt? (laughs) And Richard Gere is like, that's the real cryptid. (laughs) Indrid Cold loves telephones. He fucking loves to give you a -a ring-a-ding. Ring-a-ding-ding. <laughs> Maybe that's why he has a pick of Pavlov because he's the only one with like a ringing telephone now. <laughs> Everyone else, like, unless you're a boomer, has like it on vibrate. They should yeah, anyway. Exactly. Uh, I I think th- if there are any theor- theorists about our shows that are trying to figure out the story as it goes and stuff, I think people could probably figure out why he's chosen Flinch for this. Mm-hmm. If they look, if they have been paying attention, you know they have. Like an ancestor to the Japanese guy. That would be weird. No, Mm. (laughs) the cricket man is the descendant of the uh, samurai. Cricket man. I can't wait till the cricket man, Pavlov, and the professor lady get fucking together. They're in do a I team mean, up. There might be a crossover at some point if it, if they survive. Mm. But uh, Cricket Man mm. is part of like a Phase Two storyline that I'm working on. What do you mean? Are you gonna pull a rich over here and start <laughs> murdering people? Maybe I've created several lovable characters like Pavlov Flinch, and Kayla Hunter, and Myrtle Smelly, just so I can fucking kill well, you, them off at the end of the year. You've killed Myrtle, but that's she comes back. That's it's fine. true. I I <laughs> fully support this methodology of writing no it's shocking <laughs> the long game people no like i'm no drama. rich masters i didn't make characters just to kill them oh. <laughs> although i do all the time i made trent and beth specifically to kill them yeah, so. yeah but they deserved it did you guys like the the little ominous way that uh cold hand waved what happened to melanie hall yeah where she she's like being occupied by what's going on with her what's uh he's he's just like uh she's uh occupied after what happened yeah what does that mean is she in the cocoon uh we do not know what the silver blood society is up to in any way shape or form i trust them it sounds like they're up they're up and up they're on the up and up (laughs) i i like how you described the channel because it was very like the whole it was very like Oh, this is going to sound weird, but it was very uh, evocative of, like, something giving birth to something. Mm-hmm. It looked vaginal yeah. in my brain. Yeah. Yes. Yep, yeah. it should have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I put a vagina on top of everything in my brain, so that's not too abnormal, but Gosh. this was like... Uh, hopefully you don't remember your family members. Hmm. <laughs> 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 I need to go to therapy now. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, therapists. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Well, I can't wait. I'm impatient. I'm glad that you guys are digging it. I, yeah. I have a I have a plan. It's, it's a somewhat loose plan, but I do have all of the ending figured out already. 
Cool. Looks like that wall vagina. You just got to get there. <laughs> just got to get there. It's like throwing a hot dog down a hallway that's shaped like a vagina. It's like throwing a ascendant horrific abomination from beyond existence down a hallway. Oh. <laughs> I also love the flaming devil crown. That yeah, was that was really dope. good. That reminded Thank me of when um, Hellboy. Yeah, yeah, when Hellboy gets yeah. the puts the thing in the wall. Yep. The red hand of right hand of doom. Yeah, thank you. I I might have been channel, channeling that. I didn't think about it. But it happens all. It happens the time. all. Like, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's. I, there, that was like an obvious important hint before he reveals like what the purpose of what he's doing is. Mm-hmm. That this is an extremely important one of these monsters. It's not just a guy with tentacles chasing you around a fucking yeah. library. This it's is being important. Born. Yeah. Out of a wall vagina. <laughs> The heralds of the umbral born. Mm. <laughs> That's what I say when I'm coming inside of a girl. What? Why would I say Wait that? Wait a tick. What? <laughs> Explain yourself fuck? to our audience. I yell, heralds of the umbral born! <laughs> Damn, I didn't know Josh was an acolyte. Damn. Uh, I noticed as well, heralds, as in more than one, Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. more than one. Mm-hmm. So where where are other ones then? Are they coming? Well, I guess you'll have to fucking tune uh, in and find out, won't you? Damn, dude, fucking tell us. <laughs> Turn off the podcast no, the, and tell us. The hum- the Umbral Born's real name is just Harold. Okay. Right. Oh, oh, that's, that's the secret. Harold of the Umbral Born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just one Harold. <laughs> oh man, Harold Ramus. It's, it's interesting shit, to it's interesting to note that like we saw the Umbral Born before, mm-hmm. but only in its first stage. Mm. Is it me? <laughs> no. Maybe. Damn it! Oh, maybe we okay. don't know. We don't know yet. Wouldn't that be fucked up if I was like, and then the horrible space abomination just turns into Josh? Josh. And he's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> like, hey, what's up? I'm gonna. But fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming for you. That is horror. <laughs> that true. is true horror. Oh, three good, good stories this week, guys. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent this was a job. great fucking episode. IMHO. I loved you guys. IMHOA also. My uh, <laughs> jaw is hurting from laughing. Oh, yeah, uh, exactly. I lost my... I'm losing my... Yeah, it's I lost my voice shot. five minutes into the shit because I did that stupid voice. You're in the worst position, right? Because you're oh, laughing. Yeah. It's, it's definitely the worst yeah, position. My throat is laughing. hurts, man. Yeah. First is the way to go, dude. You read your story, you get in, get out, then you can lose your voice. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, and if... So what we really should do is save the 12-page stories until we're not last. What we should, what we should actually do is think about it at the start of the episode and be like, who wrote the longest story this week? Because that person needs to go first. But then people are going to be writing the... We'll be encouraging the lengthier story. It will be uh, aiding Rich Masters in his (laughs) problems. That sounds sounds like a Rich Masters win to me. (laughs) It's like Rich Masters starts every episode. (laughs) This is why I said the dice. Hey, Jeff, how many many pages is your story? Oh, it's 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, mine's 14. Mine's 14. Mine's 13. Hold on, I gotta add something real quick. Hold on. (laughs) Just just scream for a whole page. (laughs) (laughs) Who would know what page you're on, though? Nobody knows what page you're on. 
nobody would know how many pages these things are if this feels if like say. a page nine. Yeah, because yeah. interestingly enough, like if you compare the times that it took to read the story, they're all pretty similar. I yeah. So my stories are sometimes longer pages as well because I have so many characters. Every one of them has to have at least a line of dialogue an episode, right? True. So it gets fucking <coughs> hard, to, hard to manage. So they all, all of a sudden, that's like you know that could be like four pages of just a dialogue without like you wrote like a prima donna cast I over did. here. Like, oh, they where's all my line? <laughs> Oh, the, the SAG wants me to have a lot, so take my health insurance. Oh, good episode, guys. That's, an, Hell inter- that's yeah. an interesting question that we should do at some point. Like, maybe that's like a Patreon thing that we mm-hmm. can do, like a a, a fan cast mm-hmm. of our own mm. stories. I think we should. I, would love that. I think we should uh, before the season finales. Uh, I think we should probably do a uh, cock block episode and have one of those sort of like write in questions for us about yeah. like, the stories and stuff like that. Oh man, that would be fun. I'd love to um, do that. I love cock blocking people. <laughs> we have we do have an email address that's completely unused at mm-hmm. this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's M class email. <laughs> mm. I um, wish. But no, we I'm could- kidding. Okay. <laughs> We could have a we could have an aside um, little cast about like where we could ask each other stories uh, questions about the stories as well because like yeah, yeah. we don't really get a chance to apart from in our DM talk about like ask questions of each other you know yeah, like, we don't we don't talk about the stories ahead of time whatsoever I think no. that's a, a bit of a preconception that people have because yeah. I got in trouble once because people they were like theorizing on what was going to happen in one of Rich's stories. Mm-hmm. And I said my theory, and everyone got really mad at me for they spoiling. Thought, yeah. You knew. yeah, we don't yeah. talk about it. And I was like, I don't know. know. Like, Rich doesn't tell me any of this. I don't know. Yeah. I go so beyond that that sometimes, like, the night before, I don't even know what I'm writing. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, How are they supposed to know? I like, we are the three different levels of <laughs> thinking ahead for stories. Rich, uh-huh. Rich is, like, knows the whole story that's going to happen. <laughs> I have a vague idea of where I'm going, and Josh is like, "This would be funny." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the the thing that people really need to understand is the most we talk about our stories is how fucked up it is that we're normally either really early or really late to complete a story. Yeah. Oh, we and we have it. an award for the person the latest to finish the story. Uh-huh. It's usually me. Well. Sometimes, well, Rich sometimes is like it's like two minutes before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I've just Rich, finished. Rich finished it like what was it like? You said you finished the last part of it like a half hour before yeah. we recorded or something. I I had a really bad week at work, um, and I had to. No, I pick up Evan up from school, so like he will sit and play with his Lego while I do some writing sometimes, so I can finish off the story. Um, and uh, he had been. Uh, particularly clingy that week like you know will you come and play with me and you can't really say no so it's like yeah. okay so no la- son fuck me. <laughs> yeah no sorry i'm i'm writing piss off um but you have to think of your other two sons josh and jack <laughs> exactly True. um and then yeah i it was i think it was literally about 30 minutes before we recorded that i finished one of the stories i think it was the That's lionel close. and um grissom dressed as uh 
like Georgian era people oh, going yeah. to a party. That was the story. Yeah. Um, and I just finished it about half hour before. And that was I was I was bricking it. I was absolutely worried that I wasn't going to finish the episode because <laughs> um, I can always hand wave it to be continued. But um, right. this yeah. one's the earliest one I've did. I did it. I th- think I finished it last week. It was yeah, you really fucking working weird. On the next one, yeah. You guys know, like you're not getting extra credit for that, right? Yeah, I know, I know. I got- <laughs> but when you when you write a two parter. Um, yeah. I kind of yeah, want to get a little bit night, so I'm just <laughs> jealous because I wish I had like my shit under control that I could do that. <laughs> but, but I think I'm fucking. It, it's like the doing your college work, right? You some mm. people can do it straight away, and some people need the burning deadline. They need like yeah. the demon of the deadline on their shoulder, like you're gonna yeah. fucking fail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was always like that. Yeah. Like I. I finished the last changes to my story last night, mm-hmm. and uh, I still need to make art for M class. So yeah. it's really like a fucking trade off, right? If yeah, there's an no. episode, <laughs> if there's an episode of M class that has gen like really good art, then uh, I have done my story at the last fucking minute, <laughs> or vice versa. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh man. <laughs> Sorry Slow about this crimes. week's episode's art, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to close the cover <laughs> on this week's episode. There's uh, two covers on that one, I guess. Two. Oh, it's a, there are. Double cover. It's a fold-in. It's, 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 it's one of those pop-up books. Yeah. We'll, we will return to the three realms next time. Yeah, we will. Um, Josh, time to bring out pop yeah. Okay, he's out. Okay. It's, it's very close. I brought him out. I brought him out earlier. You're balancing a cup on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor he's Prom a drink Bot. holder. Poor Prom Prombot was in the dumpster earlier. I saw. <laughs> Not to narc on Josh or anything, but well, he knows what he did. Yeah, exactly. He shouldn't be such a dick. Um, yeah. It's true. Right. Giving me fucking dinosaurs, you little bastard. That's what okay. he gets. So, can we check the first prompt, please? Oh, oh, this is timely. After he complained the other day that his uh, prompts weren't getting picked, it's Zoos by David Hound of Hell Spivey, who is Spivsy. <laughs> Hound of Hell. <laughs> Zoos. All right. Zoos. Zoos. And next okay. one, please. I don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> uh, ships. By Colin Brackenmane Brady. Damn, ships is cool. Ships and How zoos. the fuck are you gonna do zoos and ships? Like, there's a zoo on the ship. Noah's no, Ark. Oh no! <laughs> All Enjoy Noah's next Ark episode. Stories. The three arcs. <laughs> um, luckily. My characters are already kind of in a little bit of a zoo where someone's watching them, so oh, I can kind wow. of hand wave that one away. Thank uh, you, Spitz. This sounds this like some bullshit. <laughs> this is why you guys needed America's help in World War II. You couldn't win on a technicality, Rich. <laughs> I would like to say as well, for everyone who uh, is worried that we don't pick their prompts, it is completely random number generated. Yeah. 
as attested by that time we got frogs and we all freaked out. Even though it <laughs> yeah. proved to be one of our best episodes that everyone loved. Um, Rat with a gun. Yeah. Rat with a gun might be the most classic bros before pros character. <laughs> <laughs> He's infamous. Oh man! So yeah, yeah. I never know what we're gonna get, and yeah, yeah. I so. never know. Now, some of these prompts have genuinely screwed over ideas I've wanted to do. Yep. So yeah, yeah. This one's not great. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not real excited about Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what the. F- I, yeah. My first thought for ships gave me something really good, but I have no fucking idea what to do for zoos. Mm. Yeah. My mm. uh, Spivsy's other one. Was ska music, so we could, we got off quite lightly. What what the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Ska music. Yeah, like oh ska. Yeah, it really right, sounded like right. you said scar music. Oh, That's what I no, thought it meant. Sorry, yeah. I might have done actually. No, I might have. Done, it might have been one of those things that I accidentally said. Uh, no, it's yeah, okay. we got some. Uh, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. We, yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> we've got golem golems in the list, and I've already written a story about a golem. So, you know, it's another dinosaur waiting to happen, wow. isn't it? Yeah. Is yeah. Frankenstein a golem? Uh no. Yeah, why not? We've got Cricket Man in the in the prompts. That's gonna be an interesting one. One of the prompts what is Cricket Man. Cricket Man. <laughs> we got some you interesting have to, ones. You have to make your own Cricket Man. We'll be three yep. Cricket Man deep. I'm gonna dr- <laughs> I'm gonna oh, it would be a sport based episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> Space cricket. <laughs> uh, I just love that, like it would be like a like a horrific abomination man, <laughs> and then uh, Josh would create just a cricket race for fantasy cricket race, and then a It'd guy like a with cricket. a cricket bat just yeah. hanging. Out. <laughs> cricket bat. There you Play go. to your strengths, guys. Play to your strengths. <laughs> they call me Cricket Man. Um, if Fucking you love would... the game, <laughs> <laughs> if you would like to suggest prompts for the boys. Uh, then you need to go to patreon.com slash brosbeforepros and give some money and then you will be able to be a prompt generating machine. Although not prompt bot because his role is taken, unfortunately. Um, but with that as well, with, with <laughs> membership... Somebody didn't charge him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but with Patreon as well, you get uh, if you become a patron, you can get access to our side podcast redesigned by committee. We just did... We've done Star Wars and Star Trek, so we probably need to head back down to Earth at some point to do something different. Um, the Golden Girls. The Golden yeah. Girls, which was a prompt that someone wanted to do. Um, the Golden Girls. I've got the perfect Golden Girls prompt. It's absolutely perfect. Um, the Golden Shower Girls. <laughs> Damn, I'm woefully unprepared for this, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but there's uh, lots of things you can get if you're a patron, uh, including uh, early access to our book that will come be coming out at the end of our first bros year and creator credits in the book as well. Um, so if you, if you want to do that, then uh, you've got to be a patron, basically, or you know, buy a very high Kickstarter package. We'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. <laughs> uh, um, we have a new review. Oh, <gasps> it's an iTunes review from March twentieth by Keithulu. Cool, absolutely, that's amazing. A sweet name. And it's entitled "So Good You'll Three Your Jeans." <laughs> 
best podcast on the net. Josh, Jeff, and Rich craft excellent tales that build out their respective universes in a way that makes you want more at the end of each story. I can't say enough good things about this podcast. Five stars. Hey! We're still at perfect. Hell, Cthulhu! (laughs) We're still perfect, aren't we? Yeah, five out of five stars. I mean, we're Sweet. perfect. Sweet. All of us are perfect. Mr. So. Perfect. We've got like 50 odd <laughs> reviews, haven't we? Or near 50. Um, Let me go back and check. Rich. Oh, sorry. Jesus. Damn. Um, <laughs> Calling them out. Let's just say it. Let's just say it. We've got we have 50. 45. 45. That's pretty good. Ooh, get the 50. Get 45 five-star reviews. That's pretty sweet. Um, if you want to go and do that, that would be really, really helpful, as well as stuff like tweets and retweets and uh, likes on the episode uh, posts as well. That'd be really good. Um, so, uh, big thanks to Vidizen, as always, for the use of his music specifically designed for this podcast. Uh, we were talking about how uh, we have listened to Vidizen's latest album, and it's got the full track... Uh, the intro and the outro track, uh, and they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, they're just great. They're great pieces of music. We love you, buddy. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, like I had. Uh, I feel like a a real heel because I never <laughs> I never heard like the complete total track from beginning mm-hmm. to end. Mm-hmm. It's called Worlds Together, and yep. it's on Commissions Edition Volume One, Vitus's yep. new album. And it is the bangingest fucking track I've ever heard in my entire life. The, um, I get to hear it every other two weeks. The, <laughs> the, <laughs> the outro is really good as well. I can't remember what it's called. It's Separate well. Worlds. Separate Worlds. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is really, really clever. It's really clever to title them that as well. Um, yeah. So yeah. thank you, buddy. You can find out about uh, Vidizen, all his projects, support him, uh, You know, give him five bucks for a coffee or whatever at vidizen.card with two rs.co. Um, yeah. That's probably it for the episode. Do we want to pimp anything before we say goodbye to everyone? Uh, pimping your mama. Excellent. <laughs> she will. She will appreciate that. It's been a hard Christmas for the uh, Masters family. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be a hard spring. <laughs> it's fucking March. <laughs> yeah. Chris, look, on M class you have Halloween in March. In Bros, you have True. Christmas in March. All right. It's <laughs> undeniable. <laughs> Still doing Halloween episodes. Oh. Um, what do I want to pimp something out this time? Um, that's a good ass question. I feel like I should come prepared for such a thing, but I never. Do. I never know. Oh, check out know. the latest episode of Toon Hounds because I'm on it. It's a very good one. We had a. It's uh, all right. No, it's great. It's great. <laughs> I was I was a bit drunk. Uh, we recorded an episode that just totally fucked up. Uh, Spivzy and I both had audio problems. And then uh, my audio just basically got quarantined by my own computer because it thought it was a virus, which I've never, ever had anything like that before. What the fuck I know. is going on the, over in England? I know. The power of the Mac. Yeah, it, it's the <laughs> real it, villain of my stories. Um, is it time to switch to PC, No, Rich? it's never time. I'm not <laughs> spending money unless I have to. to. Is, is it time to switch to Justin Long? <laughs> Yeah. Is it time to dude get Adele? We, um... (laughs) So we did an episode that was completely, uh, perfect, uh, talked about the cartoons. 
an episode where I wrote notes for every cartoon we were going to talk <laughs> That's about. That's what you get for writing In- shit down, man. <laughs> including you know? a bunch of cartoons we didn't talk about. I had interviews with people who worked yep. on the show. Yep. I had uh, information about the contracts that Deke signed with Nintendo and shit and anecdotes Deke. about how the Sonic crew had to deal with so much horrible shit compared to them. Mm-hmm. I was so prepared. Fun facts. Trivia. Uh, fucking nudes, whatever you wanted Insights. I had on that podcast. Well, the next episode has none of it. <laughs> yeah. But it does have us chatting about Mario and why we love Mario so much for like two hours, which is also really Mario. good. Mario. Yeah, Mario. Yeah. Mario. Not Mario. I, I made a joke that it sounds It sounds like they're using the, uh, the A and E ligature together. Mm-hmm. When they say Mario, yeah. like both him and Spibsy, because it sounds both exactly like Mario and Mario at yep. the same time. Mario. 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 <laughs> it's, um, it's both at the same time. <laughs> but Mario sounds too elongated in a British accent, I think. It sounds like it's almost got three, four syllables. I've, I've run into this a lot with you colony people, man. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You think that there's like too many sil- like syllables in a word, mm-hmm. and but it is what it is, my man. Rich, <laughs> Rich, what is? How do you say the Mexican food that's a tortilla that you put meat and cheese and vegetables? Yeah, in? a burrito. The uh, the r- other one, quesadilla. One? Oh, a taco. Hard, hard. A taco. Not a taco? Is that what you want to call it's me to call it? A taco. Ta- I can't taco. call it taco. That's Why? how it's pronounced. But I can't do it. It doesn't sound right to me. Taco sounds like taco. Rich, <laughs> Rich oh that's what... God. Like, it was invented by Hispanic folk, and in Spanish, <laughs> the word is taco. Yeah, but... <laughs> We're... Uh, uh, so, do we call do you, what do you call the country that is next to Portugal? Do you call it Spain or do you call it España? I call it España. <laughs> yeah, España. <laughs> yeah, we all call it that over here. I don't know what you're talking about. Es España. España. Do you call the Falklands the Falklands or Malvinas or whatever the fuck that Sean Penn wants us to call it? <laughs> Look, whatever Sean Penn tells me to do, I'm doing the exact opposite. Uh, yeah, but anyway, the episode is good. It is just three people talking about Mario. Uh, I do feel I do feel like I probably come off as less of a prick in the one that's being put out than I did in uh, the one I'll, that we recorded first. I wouldn't because say I was, that. I feel like I was like talking over people. I was like. Know it alling. No, that's what that never ev- happens. That's here. what every guest does because they're yeah. so excited about what they're talking about. That's the whole point of being a guest. God, on I was yeah. so fucking amped to talk about Mario. <laughs> Both times. Uh, well, yeah. I don't think anyone the second, was as the second amped time. The second time. <laughs> the second time was like half ampage. Mm-hmm. It was like. <laughs> But we did it. We did it. It was a. It was a good episode. We all had fun it was, about it was Mario really characters fun. and stuff. It's great. It was really fun. It was a fun episode. Uh, I think it translates, and it's going to be a fun listen. Mm-hmm. So check out Toon Hounds. Uh, yeah. I promise that if you have me on your podcast as a guest, I do a better job the first time around. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot promise that. 
<laughs> or any time. Don't invite me to anything. I don't want to do it. Um, <laughs> that's not a joke. Espana. <laughs> Espana. Um, Josh, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? Nothing. You're okay. Or... I want to go, go to bed. I want to go back to bed. Josh is going to order some get... sushi. And then yeah, I'm going to get some bed. sushi. Um, follow M Class Podcast. Follow oh, Toon yeah. Hounds. Watch Continue. Uh, yeah. Go check out uh, jeffpennington.art. Um, check out Boldly Pros. Check out Tapons Theatre on Subspace. And check out Toon Hounds. There we go. God, you do too much shit, Rich. We all, all do. We place. all do. We all do. Um, have you thought about taking a vacation uh, to Espanya? I, I am going on. In I, two weeks' time. I have not told you about this, but in two weeks' time, oh, I'm shit, going... Oh, shit, we're going to have to do a show without you? I'm going on holiday for a uh, a week, because it's my son's to birthday. To Espanya? Oh, well, it's my son's You're birthday. Um, but yeah, so we might have to uh, record on a different day. Can you tell <laughs> us where you're going, or is it a secret? We're going to Bath. Which is, You're going to take a bath. No, no, no. We're going to the historic city of Bath, where the Roman baths are, which is quite nice. It's uh, Is it in Rome? No, it's in, it's in the southwest of England. <laughs> what? Why aren't, why aren't you going to Espanya? Because it. Because <laughs> it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, also because air traffic, air travel is like, you know, I think if you can get away with having a holiday in your own country, you probably should, right? Given the can you take a train stuff. or a channel or something? Yeah, we can. <laughs> we could take a well, we could take um, we could take a ferry somewhere. But Evan doesn't have a passport yet, so that makes it slightly difficult and more expensive because we don't want to. A tiny child needs a passport. Yep, he yeah, could he be do. bringing contraband in. Yep. Yeah, he, he definitely would. People. He definitely would. <laughs> he'd like, yeah, he'd go in and pants the TSA. <laughs> is what would happen. Yeah, we'd be walking through the barriers at the airport, the scanners, and he'd all of a sudden mm-hmm. have a bag of cocaine in his hand just to make my <laughs> life more difficult. <laughs> and a fucking like and six gun. Like, Where did you get this? A, a Mac Nine or something like that. <laughs> Tech, Tech Nine. Nine. That's it. Um, <laughs> like, where did you get I found that? These, I found these out back. <laughs> Yeah, they're in the trash. Somebody so, yeah. threw these away. Can you believe it? An entire bag of blow. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? <laughs> How do you know that? So yeah, so uh, the next episode might be a uh, well, it might be out on time, but we could record early or late. Doesn't I guess we? They don't need out. to know. They don't need to this know. is all how the sausage is made type yeah. stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah, so. That all being said, uh, we've had fun. We hope you have too. Um, And we'll see you next episode. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) I love you. I'm all right. I see you more as a friend. Bye. Damn. Bye. (laughs) Bye.